Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, the 18th of February, 2012. I'm your host, Dan Trey, joining me today, Zachary Berger. Uh. <laughs> and uh, Rob Glacial Camp. <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Glacial Spoon? I can never remember. No, Glacial Spoon's my handle. That was the, long, that was the original. It's the long one. version. You yeah, it's the long the version. version. Yeah. Glacial's the cool version. It's like Zeg is not technically. <laughs> that's the shortened version of. Of Zego. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And why were you called Zego? Because, because it rhymes with Lego. And it's got a Z in it. <laughs> and, it's got, <laughs> and it's got a Z in it, which is not, <laughs> and your real name. That's, that's how we came up with that shit. Zego. We can't even I can't believe that caught on we, at all. How did Zeg manage to actually catch on? Because it's convenient. Yeah. It's short. How do you get... that? Like You came up with Zego. So how did you get us to say it? I don't know. How does that work? Surely, because we can't even be say assigned it. to people by other people. Well, it might have been at the time of original Happy Salad, and we started just writing that. Well, it's shit because we it's because we needed we needed a nickname to be oh, yeah. our logo for the for each of our individual games, and I didn't have, oh, really yeah. have one at the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, you became Zeg the Brick after a while, didn't you? Yeah. But that was a lot for other reasons. No, that no, that wasn't that much later. Again, that was because of the website because we had to write those bios. Ah, that was a disaster. I actually looked at those again. They're horrible. (laughs) We're like like really nasty to each other for no reason on the internet. (laughs) Nobody cares. We can't even say your nickname because we'd have to bleep it. Really? Why? What's mine? I'm not going to say it. (laughs) What was it other than Doctor Nick? Oh, you said it. Why would we do that? Reference. There's nothing copyright free well, about saying it. Uh, under Sopa Peeper or Actor, it might be. Oh no, oh no, we have to take down our whole, whole bye bye inside, along with the rest of the internet. <laughs> bye bye. Right, does. It was mainly copyright infringement because you used a picture of Dr. Nick as your logo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, well, that that's slightly more. And but still do. <laughs> I st- yeah, well, that's allowed. As an I icon. Mean, I even yeah. got invited to a group on Steam of like Simpsons avatar gamers. <laughs> like, I, that's the only one. I usually don't accept any of those invites. Mm. But that one, I was like, well, yeah, okay, fair enough. I never deleted your character on Eve, who is Dr. Dot Nick with promise spacing and everything. Because it's like, that is, <laughs> I can't get rid of that. I have to keep that forever. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> Can't let anyone have that, though. Yeah. Hmm. What can I do with that? Nothing, because it's on my account. Well, I could trade... Oh, yeah. I, I guess now you can do character trades, so I could theoretically get it off my account. Oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Hmm, interesting. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so then, should we do the news? Yes. Do the news! What's going on? I have news. Oh, yeah. Not really that very much of a news, but it was something I read on Steam, and then read... A news. Oh. <laughs> See a news, yeah, not just, much just, news. A, just a single news. <laughs> single news, a, a news. It's like I saw it on Steam and then I went no because it was they they announced the Civilization Five first proper deal. Oh yeah, is going to put religion and spies in. It's like ah, again, you motherfuckers. <laughs> What? What's because they that? took it out of five because it was in four and they're like, no, too complex. And then they're putting it back in as an expansion. Well, it <laughs> like, should God fucking damn it. Well, it should be there because spies were awesome. Yeah, exactly. And, so, so, and religion was and religion quite an interesting awesome. system as well. So, and so they took it out and then they're putting it back in from DLC. So basically, we were right. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure we said that at the time, several times. Penises. I'll just wait like three years and then Civ 5 will actually be in a good in like, a pack. In yeah. an awesome state. <laughs> the thing about Civ is like, you know, it doesn't date that quickly. Like, no. Civ 4 is still awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so, 
I'll just be waiting for that. And also, mm. since I, I get it, I'll, I'll be playing for like a million hours. A million hours. So yeah. Uh, you need the time. Exactly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you need less other games to play. When there's a gap. How long do you think like Civ 5 plus this expansion is in a Steam sale for like 20 quid or something? Mm. Well, the expansion isn't out year? yet, so <laughs> Well, yeah, by the end of this year, probably. Do you think? Assuming it comes out this year, which is likely since they're announcing it now. Okay, that's quite a long time. There's been quite a big gap between its launch. Well, they've been and... making all those shitty expansions. Like, <laughs> the ones where it's just, like, a single sieve and some maps or whatever. Mm. Do people go in for that stuff? Well, apparently, otherwise they wouldn't be making so many of them. Oh, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> it's not like Sims expansions or anything, though. It's not, like, wildly popular, I imagine. No. But then, I think most people would be relatively sensible with that shit. You'd think, but they never are. People are never sensible with anything. Then again, people actually buy the Magicka maps, which are like a pound <coughs> map or something. That's it's like for, for, yeah, but for only for the not, it's like Magicka's main stuff is the campaign shit, of which they've only done like one. Yeah, or no, sorry, two DLCs perhaps. There's the, the Vietnam one, isn't it? There's the Vietnam one, which is that's not really it's a not campaign, really though, campaign. No, it's more of a sort of like a horde mode. <laughs> Um, right, yeah. Um, and they have done one sort of proper DLC. The, I forget what it's called. Something to do with the sky. <laughs> I think. Oh, sky the, star, sky, the stars the are left. Sky. That was it. The stars are left. For some reason, I don't even know what that's supposed to be, or parody or whatever. But it's, but it's a noir their, thing, isn't it? So that was their campaign it's DLC. Magical noir. What? Magical noir. Noir. Yes. No. Oh, okay. Apparently, haven't played it yet, right. so we don't know. <laughs> so. You're annoyed because it should have been in the game. Because it was exactly what we predicted would happen. They'd yeah, simplify yeah, things, yeah. take things out, and then put them back in the Well, it happens in a cycle, because did, did Civ 4 definitely added some stuff with expansions? Yeah. What did it add? Were the spice in it in the first game, in Civ 4? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, so it's the exact same cycle. Yeah. Right. So, so for those that didn't buy into the DLC of Civ 4, they, will be, they won't... Be missing anything? Yeah, but by the time the warlords and stuff was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was like the, the actual other things apart from that that they added were pretty cool. Yeah, are they talking about anything and else it, yeah. for this one? The other thing that was important about the Civ Four ones was they actually fixed various things in the actual game, like auto workers and all that shit. Was in yeah. those patches, wasn't it? Whereas Civ Five's already fine, really, really good yeah. to start with. Yeah. Okay, well that <laughs> gives them more scope to add, make stuff good. Make stuff they should have already put in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the DLC argument in general, right there. I suppose. Well, it's the same. It's like it's only worse because it's literally stuff that was in the by the end of the last game. It was, and they just took it out. You might it's like you could understand it if it was like we're simplifying it because they were simplifying it to make it, you know. An yeah. easier game from the masses or whatever. No. But then, of course, they put it straight back in the DLC. <laughs> but they're never going to, like, make the combat more complex by having... Well, I, I mean, because your proposal was to go somewhere between the, the two systems and have, like, a limited stack of, like, three on a square. Well, they, I, the... I mean, they virtually had that system in before because they had those army things where you could put multiple units into a single army and they acted as one unit. Yeah. So it's like you could just put that in Civ Five. Have like use the generals instead of an individual unit. Use them to group a series of units onto one square, and then you can move them around on the one square. Yeah, but in Civ Four, presumably you could have multiple armies. On yeah, one square, yeah, you could. It's just retarded. <laughs> Did it have a limit on how many units you could put on one square? I don't think so. No. So yeah. So some kind of halfway house would be quite good, I, I think. In theory. Yeah, maybe, maybe someone will mod it. <laughs> I think they did that in Civ Revolution. 
Revolution or whatever it's called. The simple like, one. Yeah, yeah the I think they one. had one. They didn't, I don't think they had stacking. Well, no, either. it didn't. But that's that is simpler, so it's okay. Yeah, it's so, far when, but when they put that exact system into Civ Five, mm. no stacking at all, it's like was a step too far, possibly for yeah. simplification. It's it's, do we know if the kind console of... version got rid of it as well? Well, that was Civ Rev, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. But I was thinking about the the mobile Civ Rev because that's one. No, I think they're the same. Yeah, yeah. Because the trouble with the, the trouble with the most, I've played I played some five relatively recently, so I guess this is that's <laughs> true. But I, the tr- trouble with the no stacking in Civ Five is that the range units like the archers always yeah. have range two, which means if you're right. attacking a city, it's like city square, melee unit square, archer square. You right. can't have anything else, and because you can't stack ever, you have to be really careful moving your army. You have to make sure everyone walks at the same speed, or otherwise they all start jamming each other's faces. And shit. Yeah, it just seems a bit. It's a bit too restrictive. Let's just loosen it up a bit. Unless you upgrade your, unless your range units get enough enough experience to un, un- get one scores. of the yeah one of the later unlocks is like free square range. Holy shit! But that's actually ridiculous because when you think about the actual scale of the world, it's like fire arrows for that old catapult for like bleed miles. Artillery has free range as standard though. Once you get to the modern age, that sounds reasonable. I mean, artillery does have in real life does have ridiculous range, doesn't it? I guess if you got that information on that, you could have full range. Maybe I don't know if they have that same promotion. Do you get more range for um, like uh, you know terrain? Like if you're on a hill, do you get more range? I don't think so. You get more power. Right. And sense. also, hills block your view if you're not on a hill. Right. Where it's yeah. like, you know, you Minus can't shoot time. over them. Yeah. So it limits you to one range, which is even worse. Yeah, fair enough. So yes, so, five. so you'll be getting <laughs> that about... inevitably. No, I won't. Yeah, you will. Not unless it gets incredibly cheap. Yeah. Right, yeah. I predict. It will do. There'll be, a, there'll be like a, a Civ 5 DLC weekend or something. <laughs> it's not even out yet. We don't know how much it's going to cost. One billion dollar. Do you have an ETA on that? No, I didn't really read the... I only read, like, the title of it. And, it was and, like, they, were so, it. and they were so annoyed. <laughs> yeah, that was my news, my singular news. Any other newses that anyone cares about? You know what, I think it's been a pretty shit week for news, really. I mean, other than all the Vita reviews coming out and being... Well, actually, that's probably news in itself. Vita's lineup, and it actually seems pretty strong seems for, a, fine. for a console yeah, launch. That's, I think that's actually not it. bad. I don't know if it's actually as good as the... Uh... Well, it's it's actually comparable to the original PSP because it's got well, Luminaries and it's got, <laughs> it's got, it's got, it's got, it's got Wipeout. Well, know. that's the thing. They're the same because like, like those, those, the innovations in, well, Luminaries, the whole concept, and also Wipeout Pure was quite different. It was, to it was pretty much a rebound for the series, which was good after yeah. they misstepped with Wipeout Fusion. Exactly. It had um, it had the, uh, um, what's it, where you would charge your, recharge your ship by absorbing Oh, the, the absorbing stuff was there. And the, yeah, and the, and the barrel rolls things. were there. Barrels, all that new stuff. 2048 is the same as that, basically. Yeah, yeah. The things that have changed aren't much, whereas, yeah. But, but so like, yeah, the same but games. back then, when those were, with the possible inclusion of Ridge Racer being the other one, is, uh, with those being like the only good games on launch. Yeah. At least this time there's a few more added in, such as the That's Ninja, true. such as the another remake, remastering of the first Ninja Gaiden. Um, we got quite a few games that you know and, and Uncharted. Uh, Uncharted isn't meant to be that. Well, it's not supposed to great. be the console Uncharted, but it's supposed to be good, as in it's the best example of that genre on a handheld. I've been just like seen ever, in, but way uh, too like. Must use every single type of control. Yeah. Like, oh no, we all, you're on a, on a beam, you must use the balancing gyroscope. Yeah. Fuck that shit. 
there's a new Katamari, which is the same as other Katamaris, but I'd still <laughs> but be interested. But we can't really do anything with that concept. But with one new... Yeah, they have. Like they added a mechanic. They yeah. have, yeah. It's like, holy shit, they've <laughs> added something to Katamari. Yeah. I still don't think it'll be as as good as the the one they did on PS2. We love Katamari. Well, the original was on PS2, but you know, the, the, the second yeah. Katamari game that they actually got a European release um, is the best. Because yeah. it had more... Um, more than any other game in the series, it had more sort of side challenges. Yeah, like things, that, things that were a bit different. Where you moved around. The net was that the second one? We love Katamari. Where you walked your little guy. Oh yes, yeah, that was, playing. yeah, and it was like a it was like a field. Yeah, and yeah, it made you noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was the important thing, obviously. Well, this new one I've seen has um, the menu is the side one of the cylinders on the side of the King of Cosmos head, <laughs> and, and you can scratch it with the touch screen. It makes that wiggle wiggle sound. Which is clearly so, so awesome. Basically, make him talk. Yeah, yeah. So that's just that's clearly awesome. King of all Cosmos. They they do need to do something more with that because Katamari. Yeah. Is, they, they well, they need to. That's the thing. Is like, what can you do? Is, is the guy who originally made it like he gave up after the first one, didn't he? Because he was like, oh, it's done. What else yeah. can you do? Yeah. And then they were like, well, we have a license. And then they were like, oh, stuff. we love Katamari because we'll make a sequel because everyone fucking loves it. Loves and Katamari, literally yeah. say and that then, the And then that was the best one of the series, admittedly, because <laughs> they did they did mix it up a bit. But then, yeah, they haven't changed since. And in fact, they got more boring with the. Uh, um, well, what was the one on on PSP called? Oh, I can't remember, but I, I had Katamari in the title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, it is. And there was the um, the Xbox one, which again I can't remember the name of, but it's behind us, I think. Really? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Or have I mysteriously misplaced it? I think I've misplaced it. <laughs> okay. Was that not on live? Kippers might have it. it no, no, no. It was, it was a full release. Oh, really? But there was one on Xbox 360, and that again was simple compared to. We love Katamari. Which was the height of the series. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that guy that made it after he made the first one, he gave up making games and he's, and well, I think he, well, he was, made Nobby he made Nobby, Nobby, Nobby Boy. Nobby Boy. Yeah. But the first thing he did after he finished it was he started designing playgrounds for children. Oh yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Anyway. Crazy fucking You found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it's fucking <coughs> Katamari guy. Let's go on the Katamari go round. And we'll never ever leave. Was it um, Games Radar had the had the best um, opening part of um, <laughs> Katamari? And it's like the concept of Katamari is possibly the most horrific thing ever ever thought of, <laughs> where a giant ball will roll up children and parents and workers and the entire population of the Earth, so the king of all cosmos can eat them and make a star. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but nobody cares. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, it's just a crazy, crazy game. Yeah. Nom nom nom. I've made you stars out of the bones of your child. Nom. (laughs) Nom. And there's also Rayman Origins on the Vita, which is the same as Rayman Origins, Origins, which is awesome. No bad thing. No. Yeah. And possibly better because you can't play multiplayer on the on the same screen, presumably. I don't know. I wonder if it supports multiplayer at all. Well, that's what I meant. But maybe you can. I, I, I was going to say you can't play multiplayer, but then I thought maybe it does have some kind of network multiplayer. But oh, they won't be all so. on the same screen, so that will probably help. There should be no, talk wipeout though, because you know the, well, we haven't played it. No, but you know, <laughs> judging from the review side of it, it's like everyone, and we, we were talking about this off air before we began that you know, the reviews are coming in, sort of complaining about the. You know, actually complaining about the the frame rate not being the same as the PS3 version. And you know, saying this like saying that wow, it's like it's like they they then the frame rate is a disappointment, and it's like 
The one on the PS3 was the only one in the series to have a 60 frames per second frame rate. So it's like, have all the other games up to this point been flawed because of it? I don't know. It seems a weird sort of judgment to make when it's always been like that. Well, up to this point, they they have they've not really been capable of making it sixty. But it it is true that the um, older consoles could handle it. The high frame rate does benefit Wipeout more than other types of games. Oh, definitely. Like if you look at F Zero as well, they always had the high frame rates. Yeah, don't get get me wrong. It's it's it should be. It feels like Wipeout ought to be sixty. In the same way that Sonic should always be sixty, but Sega always dropped that ball. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, no one expects Uncharted to be 60, do they? But that's No. It's because it's a different kind of game. So. Plus there's a certain cinematic feel to 30 frames per second. Yeah, literally, because yeah. it's close to the 24 frames per second of cinema. Which is really low. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Isn't it's The Hobbit being low. filmed in like 50 frames per second or something? I have no idea. It's, it's in 3D, but it's also in double frame rate. Interesting. Apparently. I don't know who will be projecting it in that format. But, no, I doubt but, anyone. Um, but uh, it is being filmed that way for potential future. Forward thinking. Yeah. So that's, like. that's kind of cool. <coughs> uh, yes. Watch out. Yeah. Other than that, it's been a pretty shit week for Fortnite, even for the news, I think. You hear about the Kickstarter stuff? Oh, I, yeah. I couldn't remember if that was long enough, too long enough ago. But yeah, how Notch is funding well, Psychonauts no. too. <laughs> Well, that was the that was the first thing that happened. Well, he's like he said that, and then the, the, the double fight guys replied with like, "You should wait a couple of days and see yeah. what happens." And then they that was because they were about to do the Kickstarter thing. thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, "Whoops, oh dear!" So that, kind of jumped the gun there. Yeah, exactly. Without knowing. So what happened is he said, "Oh, I'll fund. I could totally fund Psychonauts 2. And then they had the Kickstarter thing, which was, "Oh, we want to make an indie game." Will you just back us by donating? Hmm. And they wanted four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and they, and they got made a million over a million. It's like one point six now, million. Almost. Yeah, two million dollars. And um, so they're trying to work out what they can do with that because it was interesting. I saw an interview and he was saying what the relative budgets of different mm. games were, and he was saying they were getting close to. Uh, they were close Sorry. to uh, in, adjusted for inflation. They were yeah close to. Uh, uh, a Monkey Island, one of the original Monkey Island games kind of budget. Hmm. Um, stacking was like two million. Yeah, exactly. Or stacking or, or costume quests were about two million or something. Yeah. They're both those kind of relatively small Xbox Live Arcade games. Mi- I still find it amazing <coughs> that games like that cost that much to make. So it goes up to, so, so they're really excited so they can make a really cool, they're going to make a point and click adventure. Fully voiced and everything they can do now. They can afford it with that $2 million or whatever. Uh, so they can make... But it'll only be a short one, like stacking, but it'll be mm. awesome. But Psychonauts 2, it, they, they, he started talking to Notch about the the actual reality of it. And the reality of it is that budget would be $20 million. Mm. And he can't, he's like, whoa, actually, hang on a sec. Maybe I can't quite afford it. You're just going to get some other people in. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, could, it could well happen. I mean, maybe they... Two or three other backers yeah. as well. I mean, at the very least, it might actually show that, you know, public, I don't know why, presumably Double Fine are having difficulty and have been having difficulty for a very long time for someone to actually fund the making of that game despite Psychonauts 1 being such a critically acclaimed title. Yeah. So they must be, for some reason, struggling to get publishers to agree. And maybe, you know, every time someone says, I'll do it, then it's perhaps like a sign to the publishers that, you know, there is, there is a want for it. Well, do you the, guys have, have publishers never played Psychonauts? I mean, really? Yeah, but they didn't sell, so why would they care if it was good? 
Well, in fairness, because it, it was it wasn't exactly marketed strongly, was it? It was one of those kind of. Wow. The problem with Psychonauts was, was, is most people picked up on it after the event. It's like I only played it yeah. like a good few years after it came out and things like that. I didn't even really know about it until a good while after its release. The thing is, it's not just Psychonauts. Every Double Fine game has been disappointing financially. Oh, well, arguably. Certainly the big ones. Brutal Legend also didn't sell. So it's like, it's a track record if you're looking at it from a Perhaps. business perspective, which is a shame. But um, I think they could make a big hit easily. As a, you know, just they just need to get it. I don't know. I think it could be done. Because Brutal Legend was kind of flawed. Yeah, whereas, I think, Psycho, whereas Psychonauts was only flawed because it was their well their first attempt at a game of that scale, I guess. To be honest, it seems like the things that are messing up their games are the kind of things that the produce that the publishers are probably pressuring them into doing, mm. like the combat stuff in and the RTS stuff in Brutal yeah. Legend wasn't its strength. Its strength was that it was hilarious and yes. awesome. They should have uh, stuck to that more. And the same with Psychonauts, like it is a slightly dodgy platformer in places. Yeah, but, but coupled to an awesome hilarious. They do kind need to make a game. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. They can't just make a hilarious thing to watch. Well, that's the thing. I mean, a point of Click Adventure is that there would be their It's standards. entirely comedy yeah. without much game. Uh, so, um, but of course, no one, no one will ever make one of those. Well, pu- big publisher will ever make a point of Click Adventure because they're like, no, that genre is dead. No one, no one's made one for... I suppose maybe now you've got L.A. Noire and Heavy, Heavy Rain coming along. Well, yeah, like, and Telltale have always been doing pretty well. well that's true, there, they're doing they? their own thing. And it although, like... although Telltale have almost saturated the goddamn market now. I suppose. It's like the, the, their last few entries haven't exactly been stellar. And I, I don't think they can be making the big bucks, the Telltale. Don't they? I think they just roll along. Perhaps. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah. But um, I think they can do it. They can make an... Uh, an awesome full budget game sometime soon. Plus, they've got the well, Double Fine. have got the other release coming out soon, haven't they? The sort of family happy action theatre. That's the one. All right, okay. That is, a, which is a connect-based family title, similar. Oh, they've got so many little titles. Yeah, that again, seems to be it, their focus. Well, now. I don't know. You consider this Once Upon a Monster a little title, really? A full, what? a full-blown connect thing. Still not that big, though. Yeah, bigger budget though. Yeah, much bigger budget. Yeah, I don't think it was that much bigger. It wasn't as big as... It's bigger than stacking, anyway. Or something Not like much that. bigger. I, yeah. I think it was like five or six minutes or something. Yeah, something like that. Anyway. Can't remember. But anyway, Tim Schafer, hilarious and awesome guy. And yeah, do more stuff. There was quite a funny image, uh, uh, the picture of him at his computer, like, looking... Uh, shocked. Shocked. So they bet that someone put it next to the Fry meme. You know, oh, shut yeah, up and yeah, take yeah. my money, that one. And he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like this, looking shocked in front of the computer. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. We'll get around to, we should probably get around to playing Iron Brigade at some point. Yeah, I want to get that. Still. It does look cool. Uh, I, I still haven't uh, I haven't turned on my Xbox, so I haven't got my gold renewed at all oh, since right. like Christmas or whatever it was. So um, at some point I will have to reconnect. I was thinking, oh, hasn't it renewed itself automatically? Though? Well, it tried to remember, but then my card was out of date, ah. and I'm sure it had the info for my new card, but it obviously didn't want to switch over without asking. Yeah, or something. I guess. Anyway, I think you have to specify which is your primary card yeah. or something. That's what I probably failed to do or something. Anyway, so. Uh, um, I'll get that sorted out. Well, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to for Mass Effect 3 if I'm going to carry on my save. But I found a tool on a forum that allows you to convert the 360 save into a PC save so I can have the nice graphics. Oh! Yeah, somebody made it. Apparently it works both ways as well. Oh. You can go the other way if you want. 
But the, oh, but the Chivos. And I, I, I kind of... gay for those low Chivos? No, because it's Origin. It's Origin. Uh, it might still be gay for It might though. be, yeah, I suppose. I doubt it. But the last one was, and that was on Steam. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, still I, a, I really possible. doubt it. If EA are trying to push Origin, they probably won't merge with any other system. Mass Effect Chivos aren't that interesting, though, as Chivos go. Well, no, just, but you get just loads of grind. Yeah. You don't get that many, because they're like, <laughs> play the games. game three goddamn times. Like one play- well, yeah, the first one. Yeah. yeah, the first one was quite evil with them, in fairness. But the second one, you get like 770 points for a single playthrough. Yeah. Sort of easily. But how, yeah. many of them will be, how many of them will be multiplayer this time? That's the other question. Quite a few, I expect. No, I'm not so sure. I don't think they'll put too much of an emphasis on it. I don't know. There's People no are suggesting thing. that it's supposedly actually quite good as a yeah. live game. Is that in the demo that's come out, multiplayer? Yeah. The demo's multiplayer. I don't know. I think I kind of think that the multiplayer will just be a shallow experience of what other games already offer. That's uh, what I have a problem with, like, it feels like a gimmick already. You know, I haven't even played the fucker. But it plays, I mean, it obviously plays differently because the way you move in Mass Effect isn't like, First person legging it around all the time. It's like well, really slow again, and chunky. That's why I'm not entirely sure it'll work because the it's a, well, let's, let's be, let's be well, yeah, no. Let's be honest. That, that like those put the movement systems of those sort of games to perfection. Gears does to perfection. Mass Effect has always been relatively clunky. It was a lot better than the second one. It's still a lot better, better, but it's still quite clunky. But yeah, then that's why they're going on. It's like this is the one that's meant to be mostly shooter and not like less RPG. That's true because it's all about shooting. <laughs> so I actually watched the first twenty minutes of Mass Effect Three because someone put up a video. Right, Eurogamer did or whatever. So because mm-hmm. you the start of the story and everything. But it was on 360. It does look a little bit rough around the edges. But then every 360 game does, I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It looked a bit. I don't know how much better it was going to look compared to Mass Effect 2. No, it didn't. But that's a fine-looking game anyway, so, you know. Yeah, that is a good-looking game. I don't know. Maybe it was just the, the I, scene that they And the other painting. thing is, is Mass Effect to me is a couch game. You know? It's one of those things that I sit down and I play on the big screen and I get immersed. I find it difficult to have that same sensation. Well, you know, PC. if you ever bothered to connect your PC to your TV, you could do that <laughs> with Steam and with better, gra- better graphics power. And before long, True, they're going to be launching the... How cocking, like, 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 impractical is that, really? I don't know. They're making that interface for Steam with the big thing and not, yeah. you know, console interface, aren't they? Yeah, it's coming soon. It's no, it's I'm more not talking about the software side of it. The software side of it's fine. You rig it up somehow. Yeah. It's the it's the impracticability of having a PC connected to your lounge television. Do you have one in the same room? <laughs> but I need to run a cable and a ridiculously long cable to it, or I have to lift the thing up and move it. It's not. Yeah. It's not practical for that reason. It's, it, it's just because of the configuration of <laughs> your of doors in your house. The fact that I have to set it up every time I'd want to do it, I'd have to either run a ridiculous cable, which is probably not going to work over that distance, let's be honest. Not great. I don't think DVI carries that far. Yeah, that would be Around the room. I think you're right, it is difficult. And uh, and then the alternative is to move my PC when I want to do it. The only good solution to this is buy a PC, which I don't have the... I'm not going to do just... You can move your PC permanently. Exactly. Swap that chair there and swap the PC there. No! (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Just no! So basically Rob is too ingrained in his PC positioning. No, it's not just that. It's like... well, there's some very good reasons why you don't have the PC next to the telly. Is so you can see the telly when you're on the PC. If I'm there, if I'm parallel to it, I have no viewing angle. Right. 
Why do you want to look at the TV while you're at your computer? Because, you know, there's sometimes there's stuff on while you're doing stuff. <laughs> okay. Oh, I see. Or if you're... Or, and more importantly... <laughs> great. More importantly, Zach, Zach's spot is in the wrong place. <laughs> you can't sit there and have access to YouTube or whatever while you're watching, whilst watching Morgan, television. Or, yeah, or but I don't do two things at once. <laughs> but you sit there! <laughs> then I'd be sitting in that chair there. But then you don't have to piece. <laughs> <You're so laughs> you specifically sit in the wheelie chair. That's true. I do prefer the wheelie chair. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is that at the moment, Jesus. PCs as a home entertainment hub, essentially, because that's what, essentially what you're turning it into to do that, yeah. is impractical. I will be trying it the moment I get a TV, but I just won't be for a while. But that's how I will be doing it. I did it, used definitely. to do it for a while at uni with my laptop, admittedly, for playing certain videos across it that, you know, or YouTube, for instance, where, mm. where, when there wasn't a uh, an interface that worked that well on the big screen. But even that's kind of finicky. If it was a laptop, it would be okay, but because that's slightly less hassle to move about. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I, I, I find it hilarious. Vinny keeps talking about playing Skyrim on the PC on his massive TV. But in order to have quick save, he has to have his keyboard next to him. So he's playing it well, on the 360, not... and then he's pressing F5 on the keyboard <laughs> on the couch every five seconds. Exactly. Like, that's <laughs> not really that unusual. I know, but it's just you'd funny. You'd have your it's keyboard funny there anyway. Yeah, you would. The you TV would. is your main monitor. You would, but it's just a funny image of, like, play, play, because you can't... Well, you could really? just bind it and you could just, like, auto-hockey it or something. You'd have... Like a button. No, I even... Because I tried that and, like, what, to to a button on the controller? Yeah. I couldn't intercept the uh, controller uh, outputs with auto-hockey. I couldn't no, Why not? It should... It. I mean, it's not It's not like it's a, a specific interface for the Xbox no, controllers, right. is it? Because it just uses the, Joy the, the one regular control factor. Yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, anyway, but uh, that's why. But the thing is, all those things are bound and there's a lot of functions in Skyrim. You wouldn't want to lose <laughs> You'd one. You'd have to press it as, like, multiple at the same time. Somehow, oh, maybe squeeze everything together and it <laughs> saves. Like click both the thumbsticks and purple mode triggers to quick save. Pledge. Anyway, that used to be the way to reset Final Fantasy. I seem to remember the older ones. If you oh, clutch yeah. like most of the buttons on the PlayStation pad, it would go. <laughs> well, that, yeah. that, that was like on quite a few of the old, well on the Nintendo ones. It was like recenter the stick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- buttons. Recalibrate the analog stick. Yeah. Anyway, this has been a strange news section. <laughs> Should we move on? You're going to make me start thinking about how I could do this feasibly. I think you can. I, the thing is, I think you're right about HDMI cables not being long enough no. without degradation. Or, or cheap enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that too. Well, well long could, ones would you be less get, cheap. Yeah, that's the trouble. Because the Amazon Basics HDMI are quite cheap, but I don't know if you can get a long enough one. Mm. Uh, but... Um, you could certainly... I don't think you'd have to run a cable every time because I experimented with my graphics card. I don't know about your one, but oh, I, no, no, I could it. plug mine in and then and like the, the I could switch the monitor in software without oh, it. Without well, yeah, that's precisely why I run a dual monitor setup. I mean, no, I I, that. that's what I mean in but addition. I so it's like a third screen. I don't have a third port. Uh, yeah. Not, well, about, not about a new graphics card. Okay, fair enough. That's that's where which we'd... is at least four hundred pounds for a worthwhile upgrade at the moment. That's true. You can Probably. get a splitter of some kind. <laughs> There's a hardware splitter that you can have on a cable that switches between. That would be well expensive. <laughs> those more than the graphics card? They no, not more than the graphics card, admittedly, but they're pricey. 
Yeah, you're right. You you would probably have to scramble around and switch one of your monitors over with your current graphics card, which would be a pain. The best approach is buying a whole separate machine and having it sit near mm. your TV. Yeah, but then you'd have to buy a machine that's powerful enough to run the things you want to play. Or the alternative would be to, like... I don't think like clean out the spare room move all of my computing equipment up there get a new telly for that room and put a couch in there <laughs> what the hell <laughs> what, you're just going to make a second, <laughs> a second living, living room <laughs> basically yeah Genius. this is this is my game hole game hole <laughs> ew no. well, it would also double as a studio for the podcast I think a second Clearly. graphics card would be cheaper than that <laughs> A second no, but... telly, a second computer, a second sofa. <laughs> yeah. That is essentially the plan for that room, though. Yeah, well, we'll see. But yeah, anyway, so I will I will report, because I can run um, three um, monitors from my one graphics card, and I, it was it was quite easy to um, switch one of them to the TV. Mm. So it could, I, all I had to do was... I, well, I, if I had the... Um, HDMI cord like taped to the to the TV but unplugged. All I had to do was plug it in, oh, and, sound. and it would go ding, and it would run the sound through the HDMI. Um, the graphics card runs I'd, I'd the need sound a new through amp. the HDMI. I'd need a new amp for that to get this around. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that amp is agent. You need a new amp for a lot of things that, that are old. more complicated. <laughs> yeah, it's not that old. It's pretty old. Well, that thing. What's wrong with that? It's fine. It doesn't do HDMI sound. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. It's old enough. Fair enough. It's one of those. <laughs> my amp. Okay, my amp is retarded. This is going to be so interesting to. This is so out. brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> but my amp is retarded because it has like the HDMI like badge Logo. on the front. Has three. Has a couple of HDMI ports on the back that right. can do HDMI video switching, but. For a sound amplifier, it, it doesn't actually decode the HDMI sounds. Genius. It is completely stupid. Oh, that's epic. Well done, Sony marketing. You've uh, duped me there. That's really just got to have been a first generation one then. It was pretty early, yeah. HDMI hadn't really taken off at that point. Do you think... Carry on with this topic. <laughs> do you think like, when the HDMI sound comes out of my graphics card along the HDMI cable, do you think it's in 5.1 and if I had the right decoder on the end, it would I could get surround out? Yeah, that's a very good question. I don't know. Depend on the graphics card, do you think, or the protocol or something. I don't know. See, that's weird. Yeah, that's a very good question. I mean, would, if you had a sound card capable of it, would yeah. it route that sound to the HDMI to do it properly? Yeah. Or would it be... No, that's interesting. Oh, it well, is interesting. A bit of research needed there. Yeah, because it totally works. The, the sound transmitted to the yeah. TV. but would it be... Or would it be stereo? Would it be... Properly yeah. coded? Oh, that, that's interesting. So there you go. Interesting yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about goddamn games. So, How long goddamn have we been talking already? <laughs> like, like half, half an hour. At least. Yeah, over half an hour. So, uh, who wants to go first? You should, because you weren't oh, here last time. Okay. <laughs> Fill in your gap. I've been playing Skyrim and nothing else. Woo! I thought you said you were going to finish Batman. I did, I didn't. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> Skyrim all the time. Skyrim all the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do about Batman now. I'll probably... Because probably, it's like, it's, I got to end... Stopped. I literally got the to the end game and then I stopped. So now if I go back to it, it's probably going to be like really hard. It'll be the yeah. hardest part of the game and I will be out of practice because I haven't played it for like... The classic. I'm going to start again and do it in hard mode because it's like... You make it sound like neglect. It's like, I don't know what to do with it. Well, it's, <laughs> it's like... like it don't was know a, put him in a home or... <laughs> it was a good game, but I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one and now I'm like... You don't want to do, do all again, stuff? and no. you don't want to carry on from where you were. I have to leave it's it. the Final Fantasy conundrum. Yeah, it's the conundrum. And it's not that kind of game either, where it's like really hard to get to the end. It's so, quite simple, really. 
It was. Yeah. It just takes time. Anyway, I did. I did actually finish it in a dumb way <laughs> uh, because it, the credits did roll on me because oh, right. there's a bit um, towards the end where you're playing as Catwoman and. Uh, you, which is a really cool sequence, actually. There should be more Catwoman stuff, I think. I like her little music, like, blink, 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 like, thiefy music. <laughs> it's like pretty it's sneaky, cool. music. sneaky, thiefy music. The, the, like, the, the, the sound that came into my head there was more like more music. That's sort of like, <laughs> Candyland music. Yeah, like, plinky, plinky strings. I don't know how, it's, I think it is plucking a violin or blink, 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 that sound aside. But anyway, so you, you, um, there's a whole room of guards and you take them out because you can, uh, you can stick to the ceiling as Catwoman and drop down and take them out and stuff. And you can, uh, you can even crick people's necks with your legs, you know, hang down and yeah. uh, get them with your feet, which is kind of cool. So Catwoman kills. Yeah, she, she's pretty awesome. I think she kills. <laughs> Very yeah. next, presumably. Well, I think, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think she does kill in, in the fiction, doesn't she? She is. Well, she's like totally crazy. She's so probably <laughs> anyway. But anyway, so you steal what you're coming to steal, or going there to steal, uh, and um, it's a bit weird because Poison Ivy says, "Oh, there's this plant in this safe. Go and get it." Mm. When you go to the safe, there's like monies or whatever. There's diamonds, mm. and the plant's there, but it's just like an object. You can't pick it up, and it's obviously not part of the storyline. Obviously, the storyline is she's a bastard. She doesn't care about Poison Ivy. So she <laughs> just leaves the plant in there, and so you walk out of the vault. And you go up to the end, and there's a TV screen, and it shows Batman in danger, because he's just been captured or whatever. Mm. And you've got a choice. You can turn left or turn right. Turn left is go and save Batman. Turn right is like, fuck off to Gotham. So I'm like, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I turn right and walk out, and it's like, screw him. And then the credits roll. End of the game. Oh, right. So you you basically (laughs) like... You basically like miss a whole plot, chunk of plot, well, most rather, of, rather than go to a natural. Sort it's of, not a proper ending. Yeah, no. it's way before the actual end. So it's like <laughs> you can just end the game at that point. Because I saved beforehand. I thought, well, what happens if I fuck off? Does that do, that surely that won't actually end the game? And it so, certainly did. So like, is, oh. is that the actual actual end of that, or is that just the Catwoman story? Do, I mean, the bit that's always confused me about the way the game is presented is the Batman story, like purely Batman and the Catwoman. No, no, like they the are interleaved. Okay. And yeah, interwoven. So you, you, you play, play as both throughout the main story. Yeah, but wasn't the Catwoman thing like an optional DLC or something? No, or? it's definitely integrated. It was okay. DLC. There isn't much of it, but it was DLC. Oh, was it? Yeah, I thought I heard something like that. And that oh, well, maybe like... it just plays the cutscene where she turns up and saves you when you didn't have the DLC. Yeah, Perhaps you that didn't have that bit sense. of mission, and you didn't have that choice. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. So the. <laughs> So, well, so the, the can... DLC is actually clever in the sense that it doesn't play out like a whole separate storyline. No. You have to play the whole game. It's integrated, and... yeah. Oh, interesting. That's clever. I think so. It's clever, but it's still a bastard. It's a bit of a bastard. <laughs> because it's because it was day one DLC, obviously. Yeah, yeah that and, is a bit And weird. free for certain owners, wasn't it? it was one of, it's probably like the Battlefield one, where it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> lots of people ended up with it somehow. Well, I got it. I just got it on PC just to just have it. I just can't have Steam. Fuck, only knows. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah, that bit was cool. Uh, but yeah, so, but no, I haven't finished Batman. So anyway, Skyrim. Skyrim time. So last time, I hadn't barely knew what the hell I was doing. I think I, to- I told you about seeing a dragon flying around in the open and not being able to aggro it at all. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> so that, that only, re- that's happened to me 
that's the only time that's properly happened where I couldn't get it to fight me. Yeah. But there was another time where it was quite hard to get it to fight me. But it was in that plains area next to White Run. Right. right yeah. That seems to be the place because any other place is relatively mountainous and they, they, yeah, they, they don't land properly or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they aggro you a bit more though in those areas. Well, yeah, you see them. They fly because they At like high range, glitch yeah. up the mountain like warp. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, immediately after that, I started having proper dragon fights. My first one was like a blood dragon in the in the um, marshes area thingy. And that was, you know, it started doing the cool... Because it's like, it's a, there's a double-edged sword with the dragons autonomously attack random things. Mm. Because, like, for you, it's like, oh, mud crabs. <laughs> it's got distracted by a bunch of mud crabs. Uh, and uh, this is retarded. Yeah. But for me, the first time was awesome because it's like I was having an, having an epic fight with a dragon. And then and then it ended up having an epic fight with a bear. <laughs> and so so while I was I was half dead and I just watched them having an epic fight while I recovered my stamina and stuff. So it was like, this is sweet. And then the dragon killed the bear and then I ran up and stabbed the dragon. So that was the first time I was like, yes, that's awesome. But then another one later on was a bit more retarded like your one. In fact, it went on for ages. Right. Like... It was by the watchtower, the one where you kill the first dragon. Yeah. I just happened to be there, and there was a dragon fighting <laughs> yeah, it again. again. And, of course, that's there's a river there, so there were mud crabs. So yeah. it was fighting the humans on the watchtower. And then when it went over and fought, fought the uh, uh, mud crabs down by the river, and I was running after it. And then there's a there's a mountain next to that, and on the mountain was a frost troll. So then it started fighting the frost troll. <laughs> I ran up the mountain. I was I thought, oh, I'll take advantage, like with the bear fight, that mm. they'll fight each other and hurt each other, and then I can deal the... Crushing blow. Yeah. But what actually happened was I could not get it to aggro me because it was so busy with the troll. So I had to go up and kill the troll to get it to get aggro back on me. Why did you want it there? You should have just stabbed it just, from behind while it was yeah, fighting the troll. Just well, it, it wasn't landing. It was oh, just, right. it it was was just flaming it. So I couldn't get it to land. So, it, And even when I killed the troll, it still wouldn't land because it was too mountainous. So I ran back down to the bottom, <laughs> pulling it, kiting it along. And then it landed. But that was next to, guess what's there? A giant camp. Yeah. And then the killing bow was a giant to win mash. Well, it's always good when giants fight dragons because yeah. then you don't have to do anything because no. the giants always, always win. Always win, yeah. So basically, that was one fight that just went on for like 15 minutes and like <laughs> several different people attacking this one dragon. And yeah. And and of course, the the giant kills the dragon but if you do close, do go too close to giants, they aggro on you. So I had to run up Grab the, the stuff, steal the soul and the uh, loot. loot, and then run the hell out of them before the giant got too annoyed. So yeah, dragon flights are crazy. But now I've leveled to the point where they're too easy, um, well, I think, at this point. I only just saw my first... what ones you get. Well, that's the thing. I just saw my first elder dragon, and that was relatively hard yeah. compared to the other ones. But it's got much easier, especially the way that I... Um, spec- I do things yeah. like with I use the um, restoration the healing magic mm. so every time they take off I just heal myself and then they land <laughs> I just stab them <laughs> then yeah. rinse and repeat but I did have one fight that was a massive disaster like well it was quite hard um, earlier on it was like a frost dragon and I'd gone up to it was one of those dragon roost things right, or yeah. whatever it was with a word wall yeah. and so it took ages. I had to hide behind this rocks in order to avoid the ice blast or whatever with the dragon. I eventually killed it, and so I ran up to the word wall for the wall, 
And then, of course, out pops a fucking dragon priest guy, Croesus, or whatever his name is. I'm like, oh, I'm just, yeah, I've just had a massive fight, and now I'm going to have to have another absolute epic fight immediately. And those guys are specifically leveled, leveled. as well. Yeah, so I ended up having to jip him, because of course that's the tactic, right? If, yeah, if, if you, you could if do you it. discover one that's over-leveled, and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to remember this and come back, I'll just jip it. Just, so, obviously, I was like, right, well, I'm not going to be defeated after that massive fight against that dragon, I'm mm. not going to... Uh, give up now so I used unrelenting force to like push him off a cliff into a place where he got stuck and then I just hit, hit him with arrows for like 10 minutes <laughs> well he didn't get completely stuck because he did manage to keep hovering but he didn't seem to be it seemed to be too steep for him to climb up and start hitting me with his ice blast or whatever yeah. so I was just like arrow 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 <laughs> yes I got the mask of crisis or whatever it is and the word or whatever it was yeah yeah that was that um so yeah, I wanted to try and explain what possibly is good about Skyrim, because we talked a lot about all the retarded things that happened in Skyrim. But it's like, well, like I like the combination, this will be the same as Fallout and stuff, but I never played those games. Yeah. But I like the combination of an open world with a first person perspective, because both those things are immersive and put mm. together, they it's like enforced. Like, I really like Grand Theft Auto and stuff, and they, I feel really immersed in the world because it's unbroken and you can go anywhere in it or whatever. It's not, like, linear levels. Whereas first-person games tend to be that way, but they mm. are immersive just because looking through eyes yeah, is yeah, yeah. the most immersive. So if you just combine those two things, which is exactly this, then it's very a pow- powerful effect, I think. So that's one thing. So but the trouble with it is that... The, in the, in the open world part of it, because it's such a giant open world, it becomes less immersive because of all the retarded things that they, they just can't program because it's, they've, there's too much of it, like the AI and stuff being completely yeah. dumb. <laughs> yeah, the dumbness of the AI and stuff. And it's like, the trouble is, you couldn't really, well, maybe they could now, but Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead, they look amazing, or whatever, for when they come out, mm. but you still get the feeling that if it was in first person, if you looked at somebody's face, it would look terrible. Or, yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So if, if they had, if you zoomed into the level, yeah. which it was at Skyrim's level, then it would, then be it would look odd. And Skyrim does hold up relatively nice, quite nicely. It's not the best looking game ever, but it is amazing how you can walk right up to things and they don't look terrible. Especially now, the the texture pack makes a noticeable difference. I, I didn't really notice it, but then I think it's. I I I didn't look. I didn't play it. I hadn't played it for a while beforehand, so it was oh, like okay. <laughs> I, well, I, it and I couldn't really remember. But then also that texture pack fucks with my system for some reason. Oh, does it? Yeah, it doesn't makes horrible like if you're facing in a certain direction for no reason, the frame rate drops to like five. Or certain errors just start running really? at two frames a second for no reason at all. I haven't had any of those. And you have to quit and reload and then it's okay. It's like yeah. it's fucking up the RAM or something somehow. Mm, that's rubbish. So I had to turn it off again. For me, it, it did make a noticeable difference. It was the thing the that trees reminded me. better. That was the one thing yeah. I did notice. Like the pine trees with all the needles and stuff. Much more high, high detail. Well, I was just looking at things like a stone wall or something looked better. All right, it, was, yeah. it reminded me of the source. shoving your face up yeah. the walls and things going, hmm. <laughs> well, it reminded me of the source engine, you know, in terms of the sharpness of the new text. Yeah, I mean, when, when source first came out, that was kind of the most impressive thing yeah. about it. Was It was how much it ups the texture detail. That's good. But I was thinking, so so graphically, obviously, it has those. It definitely has those. Still has those middle distance problems. Yeah, games. and it's such a huge one, or whatever. Like it's like individual effects look cool. Like the snow and and clouds on mountains look cool. 
But in general, it probably doesn't look the best. I still think the flames coming out of dragons look pretty shit. Yeah. Well, it depends you know, how flame, 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 flame is always difficult, but you know, it's the way the flame interacts with the ground is the worst bit. It has the, yeah. has the typical sort of Z, yeah, Z clipping weirdness. Just, yeah, the flame, I just think it looks rubbish. Well, the best thing about that is the sound sells those. The sound things. is good, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. The, the sound, sound sells it. sounds pretty cool, but the, uh, the flame. <laughs> the flame. Oh. But I think that one of the best things about it is the design of the things in the world. Like you're saying, like, the, oh, the best thing about the graphics in Skyrim is actually the objects in the loading pauses that you can look at or whatever. Like, like they, are the, cool. they are the most lovely things in the yeah. game as but the they, loading pauses. They are in that design, because I was thinking, you know, we talk about the similarity between Whiterun and Edoras in mm. Lord of the Rings. Uh, and in the film yeah. Lord of the Rings and the thing is if you watch those documentaries about Lord of the Rings that come with the extended editions you realise the amount of work that's gone into designing every little horse head wooden horse head on every little house that's in Edoras and that amounts to about three minutes of screen time in, in, in the Lord of the Rings films all that effort whereas in Skyrim that well that effort is there like the design of houses and shields and things is there but you get to spend more time, you have time around to it. appreciate yeah, it yeah you have proper time to appreciate it so it's weird because it's that design element is really cool but then like the characters are often completely forgettable so it's like a complete mm. dichotomy like if they've made the world yeah i think there's a certain thing about i find this with a lot of bethesda's look and feel to be honest it's like the world's fairly yeah. unique and memorable i mean fallouts may not have looked great but, you know, <laughs> naturally you, yeah in its own way but it's kind of it did the the atmosphere and the ambiance of the world completely right whereas again characters characters yeah I don't remember any of their yeah. names can you remember any of them? what in Skyrim or Fallout Skyrim Ulfric Stormcloak some guy and like it's like I know who you're talking about vaguely some of them stand out somewhat but they're like especially because they tend to like share voice actors sometimes and oh like, yeah and I have to say you're totally right about the way why why do they have the same line recorded by multiple voice actors exactly <laughs> why <the same>. <laughs> why is, is it you go to one town and you go to the guy who sells weapons and he says um, looking to protect yourself or deal some damage and it's you go to another it's town nice. it's a different bloke with a different voice actor and he says looking to protect yourself or deal some damage <laughs> or, or even in just inside white inside that white run yeah. there's the woman and the guy who run the weapon shop and oh, they both say the same thing <laughs> yeah, we don't run this place but we have an understanding of the people that do <laughs> and I and I and I think that oddly though those guys are actually weirdly the strongest characters because they are in a way that stick with you because, <laughs> because you see them all the time yeah, <laughs> they're like catchphrases in a comedy sketch show like brilliant or whatever it's like you hear the same thing over and over again eventually it starts being annoying it starts becoming like their thing that you expect of them like so do you think it'd be the better finest be- weapons at all <laughs> it's like you know he's gonna say it before he even says it do come back do you think it'd be funny if they sort of like made, a, made something like there was there was a merchant script or something that so there was like some tale in the game about why they all it's like the merchant manual where it's like how to greet a customer always say this <laughs> yeah like some sort of guide like like you know at KFC they always they, they, they have to say do you want fries or that or the Burger King ladies like do you want onion rings I already said I don't want fucking onion rings or do you want well, like Coke or Pepsi or you like would you want what we, drink we, or whatever what drink would you, you like already oh, said what drink do you want would, yeah it's like well, what drink would you like I'd like some Coke it's Pepsi okay I don't fucking care <laughs> generic brown fluid <laughs> brown sugar water with a bit of the carbon dioxide in it 
Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, those days back at Burger King. We're reminiscing <laughs> about that now. Yeah, definitely. Because we got to the point where, you know, the, the, the lady behind the counter was always the same lady. And she'd always, um, we have, lady, have to play. I think, is a bit of a, um, <laughs> woman. Woman, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> female of the species, but not in a, any kind of, anyway. Uh, Complimentary way. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, yeah, because she she like go by the script so rigidly that it became a game twist to try and make her break it, wasn't it? So we'd go up there and said, "I'd like a medium whopper meal with a coke, no onion rings." <laughs> Specifically, tell her no All onion the information, rings. Yeah. Would you like onion rings? No. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, say, Susie, I don't want this. Uh, I do do that in every single fast food restaurant. The I say because you know all the information they need to know in McDonald's. Yeah, so if yeah, you tell yeah. them all of it in the first sentence, and then if they ask you any of that information again, they fail the test. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the best way to do that is to tell them all the information. Then if they ask you a question, they want to just go silent. <laughs> just don't say it. Just go. Uh, I might try that. Uh, I'd like a, a medium Big Mac meal with a Coke to eat in, please. Give them, like, the people's eyebrow or something. Or, just or deliberately over. say the opposite thing to start with, and then when they ask you, say the correct thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see if they notice. <laughs> say something different. Yeah, change your mind. They won't Would you like them. to go large? <laughs> yes! Yes! What drink would you like? But then that would be, <laughs> be victory for them, would be the problem. Yeah, that's the trouble. Would you the other you have to try and make it obvious, though. Don't make it too subtle so that they wouldn't notice. Like, deliberately be like, Well, <laughs> I just said Coke, but now you mention it. <laughs> Thank you for asking that question. You've made me reconsider. <laughs> yeah. Like the, or the, you could, in fact, the worst example, perhaps, would be to ask for a supersize, and then they go, Would you like to go large? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Yes. If actually I'm too fat. <laughs> supersize does seem a bit much. <laughs> Thank you for saving me 20p. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the best. If it's like, it's actually cheaper. It's like, well done, you've just cost one McDonald's 20p, you idiot. <laughs> so, so anyway. Sorry, yeah. So, I dipped my way up to the, the smithing 100 using your trick. Yeah, the dice. And I also used the, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I don't care. I used Giant Bomb, the trick Giant Bomb mentions to dip the speech level to 100. No. Uh, Why do you care? It's, t- it's worth it because it, it just fixes something that should be in the game to start off with, which is the perk in speech is people have more money. Vendors have more money. Yeah, but they should have more money. money. <laughs> but then there's no reason to have money. <laughs> I don't know. What? Why don't you think money is good? I don't understand. Because you don't buy anything with it ever. Part of the houses. Well, I was buying my armor and stuff, but then you could trade money for skills. You just make your armor. <laughs> well, you could just use um, you can use the training, so you can. Uh, I never it. needed that either. Yeah, like the you... skills that I was actually using naturally got to like ninety and virtually no time at all, really. Right, so you just leveled to full instantly and never needed any resources for anything. Yeah, it's like I never needed training in, like on my main character. I never needed to train archery because by the time I finished the game, it was like eighty nine, and, <laughs> and and the top perk in in some of the trees are mostly irrelevant anyway. It's like get to level hundred, get some crap. <laughs> like the top archery perk is like sometimes you hit them and it will paralyze them. I might as well just, I basically one-shot everything at this point anyway, so that's always irrelevant. So you don't want to get perks faster at all? No. I don't care about I don't, I, I mean, I don't have the points either. 
like the, by the time I've leveled up to get a point, I'm usually waiting to get a point so I can spend it on something I already want that's at that level on the tree. I'm not thinking ahead where it's like, man, if I was level 100, I could get that because I've got this spare perk point lying around. Right. I'm spending them at the same speed I'm getting them, pretty much. But if you do the training, then you get full... Well, yeah, you get levels as well, I guess. You get actual levels, so you get perk points that you can spend. Yeah. So it just makes the game better quicker, because the perk points just... Because the combat sucks when you start the game, and then it gets pretty cool after you start getting the perks. It doesn't take that long to... Well, I guess... I mean, you don't have as much time to play it. (laughs) That's relative. Sack Sack's a fairly bad yardstick for that kind of scaling. And also because I... I, It's like, I'll just try and min-max it anyway. It's like at the start of the game, I'm thinking, I very quickly worked out the way it's like, if I just pick up every movable object in this dungeon and shove it in the chest at the front, that'll make me some extra cash. See, <laughs> All I, that kind of stuff. I see, I don't do that. Like, for my, like, I only pick up, I kind of roleplay it, because I only really pick up things that are high value and low weight. Right, yeah. So I pick up gems and, and actual literal treasure, mm. but I don't pick up, like, cups. You don't do multiple holy cups. No, I don't. No, no, no. I can't be bothered. It's like, it does take any time because it's fast travel. You just click on the place you want to go to sell stuff, click on the place on the dungeon to go back to the entrance. Well, and then because you've moved everything into the entrance, you just walk in and pick it up. Oh, I suppose. And surely that's money, which you don't need. Well, you, that, the, the only reason I did that was because at the start of the game where I was saving for you the You only house. did that right at the start, yeah. But I, yeah, I've got that now on everything. But um, the fast travel thing is really great. <laughs> for me, as a person who only plays it one hour at a time, you know I said at the first, it's like, oh, you can't play this one hour at a time. Yeah. You totally can. Most quests aren't that long. Well, yeah. And also, the, every dungeon... Is basically the same. Every, where it's like, you know where it's going to be like, here's the start of the dungeon, and then like, yeah. here's the midway door, yeah. and then you get through the same and here's the last, and here's the convenient back entrance. Yeah, back the, the back start. entrance. So every time you get to the end of the dungeon, it takes you two minutes <laughs> to get back out to the world, hmm. which is contrived, but awesome, because... Hmm. That's great. That's what I want. I and that's also to... convenient. I'm done. For... I want to leave. I don't care about getting my way back through all this crap. And that's also convenient for the shoving stuff into the first chest because you once you it get to usually the... once you back once you know room. where the mid once you find the midway door and you're like okay this is the door where the lane force is then you haul everything you've got at the moment back to the first chest and then everything you pick up in the second section you don't need to worry about because it will just put you back into the first chest again. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose handy. But I, I basically, so I never pick up enough stuff to over encumber me because I'm so picky about what I actually pick up. Yeah. I usually open a chest and just click on where it says gold. Yeah. That doesn't <laughs> Get take the cash. Yeah. And then, and then I go, hmm, do I want that? Oh, if it's an awesome ebony thing that's worth tons, then I will pick it up. But I, I mean, I, the main thing that I, once I, eventually managed to train myself not to pick up absolutely fucking everything. <laughs> I never take used, a while. The only time I ever use take all is on a dragon court. So yeah. It's literally the only time. But then they have some crap as well. Sometimes. I usually... Like, uh, oh, like a steel hammer or something yeah, that, they've well, picked up, that they've eaten off someone, I guess. You mainly want the scales, the bones. the bones, and the money. But the thing is, if the vendors don't have the money, then what's the point of having dragon bones? Because... You use them to make the art. I know, but I didn't know that until I got <laughs> to that point, which is really annoying, because basically, I'd sold every dragon bone and scale I'd ever, I'd ever got, because they're worth a fortune, and, a, and as There's far as I was way to concerned, make them... they were no use for anything. But then I got... <laughs> Did you not... Level that, well, I assume that, you yeah. You see the thing in the tree where it says dragon armor. Anyway, so I go up to dragon armor, like, right, now I need to craft dragon armor. Oh shit, now I need to fight a fuck ton of dragons in order to actually get the, and they only spawn every so often. It's like the dragon bows and scales are good to make the fast money. That's another thing you can do right at the start of the game, to get the house, because it's like, the, the first dragon you fight, that's like, that's like a grand, <laughs> basically, yeah, towards the house fund. But you, you can't sell it. Well, you stuff. have to sell it over like two days. Yeah. To bear off or whatever. But anyway, so, 
that, yeah, that, that, that top speech perk which you can jip your way to just means that it's much easier to you can just sell and also you can with the speech perks you can sell any kind of item to any vendor so you don't have to that worry about well. oh I'm yeah, going I'm sure. to a bloody yeah so it's like ching 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 yeah, nice. sort it out yeah it might just makes things a lot nicer don't need the money anyway <laughs> you can spend it on on skills no point. You just level up naturally after a certain point. There aren't even comedy hats. If you want to get up, I think like maybe I think the skill training is probably more important for like the first thirty. Yeah. Once you get to about thirty, you're proficient enough if you're using it that you'll just go up naturally, like bows or whatever. I guess. Or sneaking. Yeah. I got to the hundred and sneaking very quickly on my stealth character because I was using it all the time. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but that's kind of my situation. But um, I, I like that I've got a good level of perks for combat now, so I'm I'm fairly organised in how I do things. Yeah. You know, I'm a warrior, yeah. so I have the shield, the blocking, but I got the uh, the various ones that are helpful. Like, I got the, uh, for fighting dragons, the, the elemental protection on the shield is really cool, because yeah. you can basically, that halves the damage you get from their shout, their fire mm. and frost blast. You just hold up the shield and then you're relatively fine. And then I still use the, um, even though I've got a bunch of perks in the restoration tree and stuff. I still use the novice um, uh, heal. heal spell. It's because there's no... It's like it doesn't scale properly, those no. healing spells. They're rubber, it's like the second one, just the, the fast healing is like... It's okay, but it's a bit inconvenient to have to remember that you have to hold and release. And release. Hold and release. Because the, the second level up is like a charge and release, and it gives yeah. you like half your health back instantly. Or 50, or, 50 health points. Or whatever it is. However much of your health back might be. <clears throat> but the thing is, that means if you've only taken a little damage, you can't sort of top up. Mm-hmm. With the other one, it's like hold down. And I have the... Um, perk that means that if you dual cast it it gets more, powerful. gets more powerful which looks really cool as well because the effect for a single cast is like it's, it's a ball in your hand and it's all this <laughs> looks awesome and if you without the perk if you do it in two hands you just get two balls mm. but with the perk it like forms into a single massive ball in the center between your hands and goes wow so wow, wow. you shove your face in it to heal so basically I do that every and I got the perk that recharges your stamina yeah. from that which which is yeah, super cool. awesome. But that's only really early in the restoration tree as well. Yeah, that's see. quite early. Well, all my stuff is early because I'm not <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. And uh, what else? Oh, the slowdown on um, on on shield. I'm on still block. not sure how useful it is. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, okay. it's okay. But the trouble is that even though it, it sort of says, like, it stunned them or whatever, it doesn't really... Oh, I always you have, aside. To, you have to hit them with the shield bash and then hit them with an actual attack and then it knocks them over most of the time. Well, it's, like, it's not just the shield bash that does it, even though that's sort of what the idea of it infers. Well, what I tend to do is uh, block and then they'll do a power attack and then it'll go into slow motion. Yeah. And instead of bashing them, I'll, I'll sidestep their attack and power attack them back. So I power attack them in the back the moment they end their animation because right. I've got enough time with the slowdown. That's how I tend to use it. So you can get... Say you're attacked by a bear and it's running towards you. You just block and then you can power attack and like take half its health instantly yeah. with that manoeuvre. You have to have enough room though. If you're in a corridor in a in a dungeon, it's more difficult. I wonder if you made a shit ton of invisibility potions where you can block and then during the slowdown during the invisibility potion and they get behind them and then backstab them. That'd be funny. Probably. <laughs> so I still never use any potions at no. all. I use no potions. They're so goddamn inconvenient. I use my healing spell's enough to be fine for most bosses even. Because it regen- Well, once you've leveled it up enough, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I regen my stuff. What else have I got that's cool? Nothing much else. I do my stealth archery. Basically, I, I stealth in 
I hit them with one arrow, and if that doesn't kill them, I'll just go out of stealth and just go right. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so it's like, how it works. stealth, stealth, oh, fuck it. Right but, <laughs> that highly leveled stealth archery with a decent bow or whatever is yeah. so ludicrously overpowered. Yeah. So I've got my legendary glass bow with, with awesome, well, not actually a very awesome enchantment because I haven't got very high enchanting yet, but it's like, one hit everything. <laughs> yeah. And so there's that. And, oh, I don't bother with the companion at all now. I just ditched her. Or any companion. I just leave it. I, I, I actually upgraded because I, I was giving her armor already to, like, make her less shit. Yeah. <laughs> make her less prone to just instantly taking one hit and then falling over and then getting up and then falling over and then getting up constantly. So I gave her armor, but then I also finally found a piece of armor that had the muffle enchantment on it. Right. So she could actually be stealth now. Oh, right. <laughs> so um, the fact that she's wearing giant heavy armor is completely irrelevant because oh. she's silent, oh, that's which is actually really helpful for my stealth. Oh, interesting. Okay. So she can follow me around without me. I mean, if she's in visual range, she'll still be seen because she doesn't have very high sneak skill, but at least the sound doesn't count. So anyway, story-wise, <laughs> like, I don't know how much I'm pulled into the story, as it were. Like, individual quests are cool, or whatever. And but so, also not very much story to them. They sometimes really. have a nice little story, or or they're just inferred from context. <laughs> like a sort of pirate cave that's custom for this particular yeah. mission or something. And, uh, and... But, like, I don't... I haven't gone into the big quest lines, like the uh, Brotherhood... Dark Brotherhood, or the Thieves Guild, or the... Even the uh, Companions one, I stopped when I was about to become a werewolf, because yeah. I was like, I can't be bothered with that yet. Also, it's bad. Okay, so... Well, we can't... Um, the, oh, well, the main thing I don't like about the werewolf is you can't get sleep bonus any longer. Yeah. So I was like, like, fuck, 10%, god damn. So I was leaving that. <laughs> so, so my quest, the thing that was dr- driving me was getting the awesome armour and stuff. Mm. Now I have it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, right, well... So I, start, I, car- I carried on doing the main quest, but I'm not sure how far I am because, okay, I've been playing quite a few hours, the game, but I don't think I've done that much main quest, but it almost seems like I've got to, I'm getting to the end because the quest I just started is called Alduin's Bane, or whatever. The I name can't remember of, how far that really is. I've got the Elder Scroll. I just got, that's what I did last time. Well, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. Okay. It's sort of, you're getting towards the point where it's like the classic, where it sort of commits to the end sequence, where it's like, you just go... Yeah. There's been really like two or three hours of just doing it right, without okay. really much chance to go out and escape to other places. Well, I guess not that long. Okay. So I might just finish the main quest line and then do yeah. Thieves Guild or something. But like, that, what is with that reach, that massive city thing underground with all those mushroom things? What, the dwarf rooms? Yeah. What the, the, I was like, oh, I'll just go into this. I'll just, so I go over to the guy's place in the, in the extreme north in the cave thing. Yeah. The, and he's like, oh. The crazy guy. Yeah, the crazy guy. I'm like, oh, he's going to this place. So I wander over there. And then it's this huge dungeon, and then underneath there's this massive area, and I just I just pegged it in a direct straight line to where the arrow was, where I needed to go. Right, yeah. I didn't investigate because it looks enormous. What is that place? It's not that much of interest down there. I mean, there's lots of like power dudes, and you can also down there there's min- there's ore veins that mine soul gems. Oh. So it's quite a nice place if you want to get a shit ton of soul gems. What are soul gems? 
uh, what the power of the enchanted weapons. Oh, because I've never had an enchanted. Do you have to? Add, do you have to keep topping them up yeah, like a battery? It's a pain in the ass. Oh right. It's a really inconvenient menu. You have to go into your weapons menu and then go to the weapon and then hit T and then scroll down the list of soul gems and then it's like which one do you want to go and it refills the light. You can only do one at a time. So if I get that children thing, I'll need to keep topping up yeah. the soul gems. And it will probably drain quite quickly because that's quite a powerfully enchanted one, I think. Does it w- work when you've run out of power it, as a normal it, weapon? Yeah, it just works as base damage. Oh, okay. I didn't realise. But you have some kind of tap thing. Because I've never done any enchanting, so I don't know any of that. Yeah, you just need a weapon with a soul tap, wouldn't you? So when you, hit, when you kill an enemy with it, it fills any soul gems you've got. Uh, Although then you have to carry a shit ton of soul gems around. And you have to carry them at the correct level, because if you kill an enemy that's too low level and you've only got high level gems, a low level soul goes into a high level gem. Although there's a glitch you can use to fix that, because if you, if you end up with a low level soul in a high level gem, just, if you just drop it into the world, it forgets what gem, what soul is it and it empties it. Oh, right. <laughs> Which is convenient. This all sounds too complicated for me. I just like bashing things. Enchantments <laughs> <laughs> are awesome. Okay, really? Well, I mean, it's just, it just gives you even more damage output, I guess. Yeah, I guess. It's like what I've got on my, on my main character's bow now, my, like, it's already a legendary glass bow, so it does ludicrous damage yeah, to start I've got with. one of those, yeah. But I've, I've put on, uh, it, you get a special version of the Soul Tap enchantment. Right. That's fiery Soul Tap, so it does fire damage as well. <laughs> Okay. So it's just like, already Legendary Glass Bow, even more from fire damage, and if the target dies from the arrow, it feels a soldier. <laughs> so you regen your power for your fire. Yeah. So it's like, sweet. So it charges itself. Pretty much. So pretty I mean, there is, a, there is a perk on the enchantment tree. Can you buy tree. the soldiers then? Where do you get them from? You yeah, you can buy, well, you can buy empty and full ones from... Oh, right. There's a, normally, like, general merchants have a couple, but if you go to, like, the court wizards, they sell Oh, right. Okay. That sounds like a bit of a pain. But I will look into that. Well, it's it's not so... It's like... Well, when you're making the enchantments yourself, you can customise, like, how powerful they are, like the fire damage. So if you go for, like, only one point of fire damage, it will last practically forever because it has a million charges. Oh, I see. So you can sort of customise it to... Interesting. Be more There's all these mechanics that I'm unaware of because I'm not using them and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's the... That's, it's like, that's the thing about... Well, you know, if you're just a generic warrior or whatever, you, yeah. might, you might never use magic or something. Yeah, the only thing I use is restoration, so yeah. I don't know much about it. Or in, I could potentially use the enchantment thing. Maybe I should well, It's like a, that. You can grind enchantments pretty easily. It's like everything you disenchant, although you can only learn each enchantment once. So every new enchantment you get, that's a bit of like extra leveling. And enchanting levels you up pretty quick. If right. you just... Basically, you could sort of... Unfortunately, you've already finished your smithing, but you can easily pair it with your smithing because you can just like take the million iron dags you got and put shitty enchantments on them. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but of course, the encha- every time you make an enchantment, it uses a soul gem, so you need a ton of soul gems as well. Oh, okay. This sounds yeah interesting, <laughs> complicated. <sighs> it's not that complicated. <laughs> but it's anyway, a pain. yeah, so grinding. Anyway, big dwarven city got the Elder Scroll. Yeah, stupid puzzle. That took five minutes. Well, it wasn't that bad. That was one of the, it's like, it's one of the puzzles of the game yeah. that there aren't that many of. It's like three or something. <laughs> yeah. There's the one where you have to look at the claw in your inventory to see Over and over pattern. again. Every <laughs> goddamn claw. See what the pattern of the symbols is so you can open the door, which is a dumb puzzle. Or look at, well, look at the thing, icons in the environment so you know which way to rotate the pillars. <laughs> That's the other puzzle. Is there another way? Oh, right. Oh, right, yeah. Well, there's the, it's the same thing, basically. There was one puzzle. puzzle where I had to use the 
move really quickly she helped to get through yeah that happened like once I have I, there was one dungeon that I've been to so far that had a secret room where you could get to ah, where it's like oh a bonus chest unfortunately it still has shit looted but never mind the same randomly generated room <laughs> as every other fucking chest in the game yep and oh I've been using the shout that like um uh doubles or whatever I haven't I've only got the first word of it I need to get the other words but the one that in- increases your swing speed All right. so you just get more DPS because you just swing twice as fast <laughs> you just go Whoo! and then so when the dragon lands I just use the shot and then go at his face occasionally shield bashing it so it doesn't snap in my head off yeah it's way too easy to interrupt like as soon as they start flaming you just get dog and then they stop yeah they stop yeah well especially that I mean it's hard to it's hard to get them to block the actual snapping or the physical attack but yeah. The shouts, yeah, you can interrupt by as long as as long as they're not flying around, which is when they mainly shout. Yeah. But when they're on the ground and trying to shout at you, then you can just interrupt them by bashing them. Hmm. So it's like, lol, you die. But it's like weird. Some some of the enemies like jump in level really mysteriously, like they get really easy, and then suddenly they're hard again. Or yeah. Something. Like I went in, I was in a sort of oh the easy enemies from the start of the game are the undead guys the the uh, dragger or whatever Durgers. the Durgers. <laughs> and then and then this guy was owning me this dragger Durger death lord yeah the, as soon as they get to death lords they, yeah. they become ludicrously more powerful so he went compared to, to the other ones he went to death lord and now I can handle death lords but at the time I was really confused because I thought I'd heard on giant bomb or something that every time it goes to third person and you lose control that means you're dead Whatever. Because, you know, when you die, it goes to third person and you see your body ragdoll. Right, right, yeah. But what was happening was, so I was like, I was kept reloading because I kept dying. I kept going to third person, right? I mean, and they, I realized they just use unrelenting force. They were using unrelenting force. And what happens is it throws you across the room, but then you do get up again and you're okay. Mm. But I hadn't realized this. I just assumed I was dead every time I went, rah! And I just went splat. I thought, well, he's insta-killing me. What the fuck is going on? I virtually never get hit by that because I'm still feeling yeah. <laughs> I still go down with one arrow just like everything else. Yeah. Or two arrows because they don't see you after the first arrow. Just one. get another one off. Yeah, anyway, so... But yeah, you can interrupt them shouting. Isn't it? Yeah. And as long as you know that when they ch- chuck you across the room and you, you're okay, you're okay <laughs> then it's fine. I think a lot of the times when I've been hit by that, it doesn't even knock me over. That might be a... I think that might be a perk. I, have. I think it depends on... Yeah, I've got a perk that reduces my stagger and increases enemy stagger. Or yeah. that might be an enchantment on a on something, something. <laughs> yeah. a blessing or something anyway uh, but yeah Skyrim's what are your thoughts on Kingdoms of Emla which is supposedly the, the, well, the current really competition seen, I haven't really seen much about it I mean yeah. it's not doesn't doesn't really appal to me I think I'd rather just play Bayonetta you know what I mean if, <laughs> I play Skyrim and Bayonetta rather than try and combine the two in a kind of weird multicolour way but I'm sure it's cool but the thing is I've got The Witcher 2 to play I mean uh, <laughs> yeah. you know I've got enough of these games so uh, I don't know I, I'm sure it's probably fine it's probably quite good I mean, you've been playing it. Right? I don't think you've Yeah. Well, I might give it a go, but I don't think I'll be playing it for a while. <laughs> no, Different kind of game after Skyrim, if I ever stop this bloody game. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somebody else. <laughs> you finished your one game. Yes. Right. What have you been playing? Let's start with Uncharted. Hey. Uncharted 3. Now, avid listeners <laughs> of the last podcast would know... I'm not a fan. Mm. Well, I, you know, it's good. Oh, yeah. But it's just not as good as the previous ones. And I wanted to go into detail on this with, with Dan about. Yeah, it's, okay. Because uh, I did really, you're right, I did really like Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2 is still amazing. It, uh, you know, it's still fantastic. Do you agree um, with the um, Eurogamer review? Because, you know, we talked about that. Have you read that? You know, the one that gave it 8 out of 10. 
I'm not sure I have. Say, I can't, or at least I can't remember. Well, we talked, we did talk about it on the cast, but, but, yeah, um, I, can't, I can't remember. But his point was that it was, um, well, too directed in places. It was kind of helping you in, uh, um, I can't remember. It's it saying is, it is agency, lot, basically. It is a lot more directed than previous ones, as mm. in, I remember scenes in the first Uncharted where it takes you a while to figure out how to traverse the environment. And yeah. Like, they'd made the environment the puzzle. Yeah. In those scenarios. Um, which leads to the fairly obvious fact that this one doesn't have many puzzles. Right. They pretty much stop doing anything puzzly by the halfway point in the game. Right. The second half has none of it. That's weird. It's like, it's, have puzzles. The, well, the pacing in this is all kind of weird, if you ask me. Right. It's like uh, Uncharted 2, to, to sort of retread how that works. That kind of works with the sort of, like, all oh, there's intrigue, there's, we're on a job, job goes wrong. Um it turns into a bit of a revenge plot to do the job before the other one team. And then at the halfway point, you get that sort of, well, th- three, you know, two thirds point, you get that sort of change of pace dramatically mm. where it seems you're yeah. properly fucked up and that you'll give up and stuff. And then there's, you know, the sort of build up to the end again. It sort of like then r- r- gets its feet and starts going again. And to, to a degree, that sort of pace s- still happens, but the game is a lot shorter. Mm. So the impact of it just feels kind of odd. Right, like, um, so it's like in fast forward. Yeah, there, there's there's a like a cutoff point. Like it, it, the game is split, seems to be split into thirds, each with a very different sort of approach to how the gaming world works. And you just kind of end up wanting. Well, I wish they stuck with one of them for a bit longer because none of them feel very fleshed out because of it. <laughs> the portal is like. Um, Right, I'm going to be potentially heading into spoiler territory here, so I'm going to try and be careful, because I know you're probably going to want to play it at some point. But probably. first third, that I've sort of started to show you with the London sections yeah. and stuff, and easily then, the best. And then the young Drake stuff. Yeah, yeah, the young Drake stuff, and then you've got the mansion mm. with the flaming stuff. Basically, any of the missions where you're the, 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 the basically the foursome is, is sort of together, where you've got you, Sully, and Chloe and Cutter are still part of the plot. Basically, Curry and Cutter get cut at the a third of the way in the game, and are never heard from again. Which is annoying because Cutter's awesome. <laughs> he's like by yeah, far the yeah. best. He's him and Sully are like the best characters in the game. But um, yeah, but Cutter gets cut <laughs> <laughs> sure. like a third of the way through the game, and and is never heard from again. And which is really really irritating because it's just like oh, but they was getting good. There's like the team was working well. I found it. I thought it would like be interesting to keep that. Together, you know, in, even in Uncharted Two, Chloe plays a bit more of a role for longer in the game, and is just sort of washed by the side. Second third of the game mm. features Elena, who's about naturally, although naturally. they don't explore what's happened in between the two in between the games again with them. The romance died at some point for some reason, okay, and is never ever explored, and she's just there essentially. Uh, she's completely useless, like in terms of furthering the plot. She's just there, and it's like, which is rubbish. Same. And then during that part of the game, you lose Sully as well. So there's a large part of the game where it's just Nathan, and that, okay. that's not interesting. Yeah. Well, it depends. Cause, I suppose, but well, yeah. yeah, I know, but it's what's going on. But yeah, it's the problem. That, it's a problem, but. You know, Nathan on his own can be okay, and the other games have done it okay, but it's a problem because the whole tone of the game is more serious. Mm. In general, the whole tone of the narrative is more serious, yeah. um, which means that Nathan doesn't have the ability to get away with his normal quips, mm. so he doesn't do them. 
Um, as he, he does them, but they're just not as interesting as yeah. they were before. It's it's not as like <laughs> passing humour kind of style, and so that element doesn't work for me anymore, uh, which is a shame. And while I'm on the subject of the narrative, the whole thing is just kind of a boring this time. It's not. It's the most, It's the least interesting plot of all three games. Mm. It's. I wasn't very convinced by the, the enemy woman. She didn't seem very frightening to me. The British. Well, it's 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 a massive anticlimax of the problem with the current of the story because it's it sounds like it's setting up to be possibly the most epic in the series simply because it's like oh this is the reason Drake kind of got into this yeah thing. And it's like, well, she turns out to just be rather flat. Like the, there is the the, the previous two games have a supernatural element. Yeah, this doesn't. Oh, weird. It's hinted at, but never comes to anything. Mm. It's like it turns out it's not supernatural at all. Like there's a certain <laughs> I, I can't talk about this sequence without spoiling it horrifically. Okay, so don't. But it's spoil it. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, essentially that. Well, whereas in the previous two games, obviously, when you discover El Dorado and there's those mysterious monsters and there's all those like hints of Nazi links and all yeah. kinds of cool stuff going on, yeah, um, it's like you you start to get some sort of oddness happening in the last third of the game. But yeah, I can't say it. That it's the that portion is tiny and irrelevant. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's crap. That element is crap. Yeah. And it's like so they've they've knocked a massive list off there, and it's it's just not as interesting. There's a kidnapping bit. There's a, in fact, the whole, um, although it's sort of like lauded in the, um, in, you know, was is, is a quite a nice technical achievement visually. Yeah, the whole section in the ship graveyard leading to the cruise liner, mm. easily the most frustrating gameplay part of the game that that whole section I don't like okay. for starters the fights are just incredibly awkward like there's one fight in particular where you've got a, quite a large open area with stuff floating in water basically okay. a few boats everywhere and it starts as a stealth section so you can go about killing a few guys and stuff um, which leads us to the problem that the previous one had and that stealth in these games is kind of flawed mm. in that they're Someone could spot you. Sometimes at the most ridiculous angles, you'll stealth kill someone, and then someone will like hear it. Seems to be the case. Like stealth just seems to not work. not work. Yeah. Like they'll occasionally spot you for no reason at all, or no reason that you could have predicted, or something like that. It's really frustrating, um, which is ex- exacerbated by an awkward checkpoint system. That once you've let got once you failed a stealth section, the checkpoint will often save you. In somewhere in a position that you never went to, after the alarm has been raised. Mm. So in this section, in this large area, in this in this ship graveyard. Um, so I've done this. Uh, I've killed a few guys. Um, I've got spotted by some dude. Um, well, after I stealth killed someone a little too close to someone, so I can I can forgive it mm. for sort of going starting the fight. Um, and I then sort of turned around you can swim about in this bit so I sort of swim under this thing pop my head up only to be in front of a uh, a turret sort of thing and I die and it's like fair enough not so much my problem it then respawns me like in the opposite corner of the area which I've not been to yet with guys all around me the alarm raised and then starts a ridiculous fight. What the hell? Yeah, what? it's like, I was never there. Don't oh. put me in a situation I didn't put myself in. And that happened like three or four times throughout the course of the game where it put me in situations I hadn't... It just respawned you there? 
Well, it didn't, you know, it's not like a respawn. It's sort of like checkpoint, and so oh, the I game see. like restarted. But it restarted in a sense, you know, as if you never died because it's oh, you know, a story game. But it put me in a situation I was never in. Oh, okay. And it's like that's not fair. Sorry, no, and you can't go back because obviously it's saved, mm. and it's like. That, that that sucks and it does that three or four times throughout the game where it just put you in scenarios that you never got yourself into and it's like fuck you game you've made this harder than it needs to be and it's like so that was a bit jarring which leads me to and like the reason why that was more annoying because it's like well you know stealth in that game sucks so let's just fight our way through it combat's not as good either it's like they, there's a massive emphasis now on hand to hand combat yeah which okay. um Works fine when it's just hand-to-hand combat sections, or if you've only got a few guys around. When you've got tons of guys around, they can still shoot you. When you're in combat, the button to, um, which is normally your dive away button, is a grab button instead. So you can't actually get out of a fist fight very easily. Right. So especially when there's like a, you can see a sniper laser honing down on your head, and you can't do anything, and it's like, bang! Oh, well that's that then. Um... There's a lot more um, armoured guys as the game goes on than there were in the previous ones, and they all carry shotguns. So often you'll be fighting guys in front of you, and someone will just silently flank around behind you and one-shot you. Yeah. And it's like, fuck! And the level design is... Don't get me wrong, it's kind of clever, because the enemies know to do that. So it's like it's a testament to their AI that they can do that. But even in normal mode, they're too tough to do anything about without getting killed by the other dudes that are shooting at you. So the whole thing is immensely frustrating in those... Yeah, and there's like fun. There's, again, about two or three sections that... And usually it's the large-scale sections where this just happens. Or... And it also suffers from dodgy, doddily timed enemy spawning. <laughs> so you'll go up to a section. When you finally worked out where to go, you'll get to a section. And then a load of snipers will appear, like, miles away. Ding! It, while you're climbing something, it's like, oh fuck, how do I get out of this one? And they'll snipe you, you're dead. And it's like, next time you know to go just far enough into the area to make them spawn, but don't start the climb or whatever. So then you can like back out and get to cover and take them out. And it's like, that's cheap. That is really weird. And there's a couple, it's just not as good as as the previous two games. And I don't see why it's getting all the praise. That said, the, the start of the, when you reach the desert, you know, the whole big thing about the, you know, uh, this is, these aren't spoilers because they're in yeah. the trailers and everything. When the plane crashes, yeah, yeah. that whole sequence in the desert is fantastic. Okay. Because there's not there's no gunplay. It's all just story and it's all directed, as you say. But the way it's done is amazing. Yeah. It's possibly the single best cinematic moment in the entire Uncharted series is right. that. But it's but it's not gameplay. <laughs> it's not really, yeah. It's like all of that is fantastic. So I don't know why it's got. It is good looking. I'll give you right. And in a lot of ways, it's better looking than the, than Uncharted Two. So the more I played it, and especially as the game goes on, the more I started to see why game trailers gave it best graphics because it is quite impressive in mm. places. Um, possibly not as impressive as Dirt Three or Crisis Two or any of our nominations, but it is really quite impressive. Yeah. Um, and but it's just. It's disappointing. It's really disappointing. Don't get me wrong, it's still a great game, but I have to do it objectively next to the other two, mm. in the sense that it's just not there. They've missed something this time. Bah. <laughs> bah. <laughs> bah humbug. So, yeah. So that's Uncharted, yeah. Yeah. Don't really know good, what to ask Good game, about that. but a shame. A shame. Yeah, I've covered most of them. It's like, that's the idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, 
Even the, as I say, even the cruise liner bit, which is supposedly cool, is made frustrating by the rocking of the boat. It's like one of the, the most, whole key thing. Yeah, one of the most awesome things on. that looked in there. You know how Drake stumbles around on occasion when things. It seems to happen sort of randomly. Right. Like it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't seem to be like in time with the rocking. Yeah. But of course, there's, of course, there's a big firefight while things are rocking, and the stumbling then just fucks up what you're doing. So mm. you can stumble into the path of a dude with a machine gun for an arm. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, there's nothing I can do about that. Fuck you, game. Fuck yeah, you. And you have to do that whole fight again. And there's the odd bit of enemies spawning behind you. So you have, unless you fight your way to the end of a stage, find a decent amount of cover on the other end. All of a sudden, there's a load of guys behind you, and it's like, ah, oh, how was I supposed to know that was going to happen? Mm. The, the, the the choreography of the fight sequences just seems lazy, and designed purely for you to remember where everyone's coming from to make the best of it. Real shame. Although they've done the sort of vehicle chase thing again. Oh, again. But even cooler because it's horses. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that actually sounds fun. That, that's great, that sequence. The, thing, the section with the trucks in Uncharted 2 was really cool. Yeah, they've done it again, basically, and it's mm. still just as cool. And there's a sandstorm bit, which is neat. Um, if, if Even if it does suffer from the classic problem of enemies can see through everything. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, it's both brilliant and massively flawed at the same time, this one. Whereas I wouldn't have said that about the other two. No. Not not even close. Mm. It has its moments. And it's a lot shorter. It feels like I can remember every part of the game. Which, you know, in some games you, you can't. But mm. in this one it feels like I can remember every single moment. And it's I think it took me a touch over seven hours to do. Mainly because I had to restart sections. But you could probably clear it in five if you perfected it. Mm-hmm. Possibly even less than that. Um, it's yeah. There are a couple of really tricky sections, so well, like actually properly difficult spikes. And on normal mode as well, it just gets. Ins- it feels like you're doing the harder insane modes or Gears of War at times. It's that difficult. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. I'd still reckon if you're a fan of the series, pick it up, but don't expect much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I had to get that off my chest. It's like I was a bit not. It was disappointing as a fan. Fair enough. Yeah. I know some people really like it. Like I'm sure Eddie, uh, Eddie Brett basically was like all over it when it came out and was like, "Yeah, it's great." I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with those yeah reservations. Uh, I did play a bit of the multiplayer as well. Which oh I think yeah, I, I talked about it last week, so I'm yeah. not going to recap the ground too much, but. Again, don't really bother with it. No, <laughs> Play Call of Duty, me, in yeah. fact. I'd even recommend Call of Duty over that. Fair enough. <laughs> the old Call of Duty. Yeah, so Uncharted. Woo. Now I do want to go into full-on spoiler territory, though, because I want to talk the ending of L.A. Noir. Oh, okay. No. No. Just no. Not very good. Not really at all. Ruined the memory of the game. When, when I look back on the game, I just think of the ending and thinking, it has it leaves a bad taste in my mouth it for does. the whole game. It's the game is a good game. It just sort of, why does Cole have to just die for the most pointless circumstance? Yeah. It's like, uh, and then it's, it's, not, it's not even a very honourable death, is it? Because the whole ending is not playing as Cole. And yeah. He's port- you you, by that Cole. point, you really don't kind of... You, don't really like him that much. You don't much. like him. The flamethrower thing is dumb. He dies for no reason. And then the funeral thingamajig is rubbish. Like, it does. it's not even an awesome, epic, cool like, you, death. You haven't brought out the conspiracy. Fine. You like, haven't... Like, no. I don't mind if he dies, but if, as, just make it good. <laughs> the only person that seems to have, like, 
been brought down out of the conspiracy is Walter from Fringe mm. and you know the housing dude it's like everyone else gets away with it and it's like what was the point <laughs> Walter from Fringe is he Denethor from uh, um, Lord of the Rings as well <laughs> making two references that which you two aren't going to be able to come back collaborate on I don't know names from Lord of the Rings Return of the King's your favourite one right yes uh, uh, which I've only seen once alright oh, <laughs> you've only seen Return favorite. of the King once properly I've seen the, the end I've, I've only seen, seen them all once I've seen the ending Jesus. like I've seen the ending of Return of the King like four times because it happened to be on foreign television when I did business trips but <laughs> you're the one that keeps arguing that that's the best one you've only well, seen it once jeez we need to watch those I'm, again man to get them on Blu-ray. I've seen Harry fel- Potter's the one. I've seen the Fellowship of the, the I've seen the first one like three times, and now agree that that's pretty good. I can't stay awake through Two Towers. I just can't. That's <laughs> the best one by far, I think. But I can't. I cannot stay awake through it. It's like I've, I've tried like three awesome. or four times now, and I've fallen asleep every time. Three or four times. You're just watching it yeah. at the wrong time, apparently. Or alternatively, you could use that to make sure you sleep at the right times. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Next time you need to sleep at a specific time, just start just that. Just put that on. <laughs> right, in about 45 minutes, I'll be asleep. <laughs> then there's also... But anyway. The, but... He, the, the sort of... The king... Sort of not king. The steward of Gondor, who um, like tries to burn his son alive and like eats a lot of tomatoes and... You know what? That, I think you're Wait, right. I think it might be the same guy. But you know, like, you know the mean guy I mean from L.A. Noir Anyway, the sort of housing developer boss man. Yeah, who's uh, I yeah, it's him. I you think get, it you is get him, an achievement yeah. for outsmarting. He's him really good. He does a good job. That he's but, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Although his face is a bit funny in places. Like, is that is that the guy? Or possibly? No, I've had it a bit jerky in places. He's the guy you. It looks like he read his mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know the one you mean. He's yeah. he's really good. He's yeah. good in everything. He, he's he's great. So, but yeah, it's a shame his character yeah. was so late in the game. But he, he's the only one that goes down for the yeah, badness. Yeah. But do you see what I mean about how how I quite like that whole conspiracy plot line with the housing mm. stuff? I think that stuff and I it was and, well done. Don't get me wrong, but the whole way that it came together as yeah. well. Like there's hints of it throughout the entire yeah, game, yeah. and then it all comes together quite neatly for the conspiracy. And did you like the bit I where still it think it's a weird. Character? You know, where you wait, you suddenly you're the insurance suddenly you're Jack. person. Yeah, yeah, but I thought that was just going to be like, a, I didn't realise that was going to be the finale, but you do the whole thing as well, Jack. You know, I thought yeah. that it was going to go away again yeah, and then go back to Cole, who you've invested the yeah. entire time of the game in. It is a bit mysterious. Anyway, but the actual end, the flame tower and everything, and then it just... <sighs> It's not. A good it's weird because it doesn't leave me. You know, I, I after playing as Cole for twenty hours. Yeah, exactly. I actually don't know how I feel about him because of the way he handled yeah, the ending. Exactly. And it's like, yeah, he was an asshole for cheating on his wife and yeah. stuff at the halfway point. Absolutely. And it's like then you start to hate him, him for that. Yeah. But then he starts to redeem himself a little bit with how he handles his like, you know, work still with the same professional stance as yeah. he always does. And you see, sort of like start to think, yeah, you know what, yeah. You're keeping with it. You've got. You've regained some of my respect. And then he pansies out of the biggest part of the story, like completely. No, I don't know. Like yes. I say, I the individual plot lines of the uh, cases are quite cool, but yeah. the actual overarching story. Uh, they make too much of a big. They make the too much of a big deal of the old clips because they eventually don't really come to anything either, do they? Like, the World War Two stuff. No, no it's because like... it basically leads to the fo- to the flamethrower guy. Yeah, but there was no need for all of that, really. You could, and it was it was interesting, perhaps, to highlight that you used to work with Kelso, 
Yeah. But that was literally the only thing that came of it. Everyone else was... Like, and it's like, what does he un- do? The rest of it was unnecessary. He orders them to clear out a cave because that's what... They're, they're behind Yeah, do. they're behind on Turns schedule. Turns out to be a hospital or something, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're behind yeah. on schedule so that uh, in clearing out these caves, uh, basically burning them out to get rid of the Japs, Japanese yeah. from them. And they accidentally burn out one that happens to be like a refugee, makeshift refugee camp. Or, yeah, you know, but like, he didn't do it deliberately. No. Like, he was only doing... And, but you can see why I mess up playing for a guy. That's yeah, like that's fair enough. Yeah, that was quite a cool. Um, right at the end, before the actual um, sewer stuff, the actual bit where you arrive at that spooky house and it has all the origami cranes and stuff. Yeah, that was that's nice. kind that of was cool. well done. The yeah. atmosphere was cool. Yeah, that was quite atmospheric. And the reveals. Alan I Mikey. thought something was going to happen there, but it didn't. No, the like, that I was like, yeah. this is going to be awesome. I thought it was going to be like the end of LA Confidential, where you go to a house and then it's a massive ambush. Do you oh, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is clearly going to be an ambush. Yes. But it wasn't. But it wasn't. <laughs> no. I thought something, something a lot more fucked up was going to happen to yeah. Jack, really. It's yeah. Like, he does get beaten up quite badly, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's a shame. It's, it's yeah, a big shame. It's, it's, it's a downer on what is actually quite a good a game. A good game. Plus, I also want to talk to you about the gold film reels. Oh, right, yeah. How no, fucking ridiculous is that I, shit? I don't think I found a single one, or I can't remember finding them. I just... I didn't I find any... Did, I mean, did you hear what I said about it last week? I didn't find any of them yeah. until I just randomly went to, I wonder what this part of the yeah. map is. Turns out to be an airfield, and I find one in a hangar. No. And at that point, my heart just goes... Oh fuck! That means they could be anywhere in the <laughs> no. city. Your Idiot. heart goes. Oh fuck! Yeah, but my heart. Choice of body part. My heart's quite vocal. <laughs> it's like it, it's. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, the only thing I was going to say about those. Was... Too much pizza as well. <laughs> <laughs> those kind of collectibles, like the feathers. I quite like the feathers in Assassin's Creed because you have to do a bit of um, actual climbing and stuff. And but the, the L.A. Noir gold. No, no, just no. I'm not going around this boring city. Uh, I mean, yeah, Assassin's Creed is, fair, is yeah. fairly ridiculous with it, but this is a whole other level. And the one I wanted to mention about was the ones in uh, GTA 4, how they do it is they're pigeons and you have to shoot them. And <laughs> if you get all of them, you have eradicated all the pigeons in New York City. And now that's funny. It's essentially the same quest, but they but, just made it hilarious. Yeah, that is kind of cool. And also shooting them gives you a slightly more, like... You don't have the walk directly. Yeah, you can yeah. like snipe them or you can see them from above. And a pigeon's yeah. a bit easier to spot as well. Cause, well, well, they do glow. <laughs> they glow as well. Oh, so, so they're, they're not easier to spot. Yeah. Well, not they're not because the totally because obvious. the aesthetic of uh, yeah. LA Noir is kind of a bit bland, yeah. but purposefully Punchy. bland. That the gold stuff doesn't really stand out. No, exactly. So even if you're right next to it, it's like, is that is that what I think? It's oh, it is. Oh look, I found one. Great. <laughs> But I just like, yeah, the meta, the, the textual of, of, of thinking, if <laughs> I get, if I get 100%, then not only will I have uh, collected 100% of the collectibles, but I'll have eradicated pigeons from the city. <laughs> Die. <laughs> it's just funnier. But I don't funny. think I ever actually did it. But uh, I think that's one of the few achievements I never fully got, because there's a lot of pigeons. Well, there's a hundred, but... There's a lot of pigeons. Oh, there's a lot of pigeons. A lot of pigeons. A lot of pigeons. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. there's our quote for the, the week <laughs> so what's next um rage rage I'm, I'm not going to talk much about this I just want to rage I, I, I really only want to touch on the impact of the of the engine really like what how, yeah. how that stuff kind of works it's uh it's neat because yeah I can safely say I've never really before 
There's the best looking canyons in game history. Best sky? I, I've revised the sky my... sky is fucking lovely. I revised my thing. I don't think Skyrim has the best sky. Although I agree about <laughs> the night sky being quite nice. But I think Red Dead definitely beats it in sky terms. But that, was only, that wasn't that year. That was the point of that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> sky year. Yeah, I think um, maybe Rage would be... Rage, the, Rage of Sky is lovely. It's not, uh, I'm not sure it wins by your criteria. For well, that, I like though, dynamic it's not, it's, it's not yeah. very dynamic, no. It is basically just a skybox. Yeah. But it's... It's a, it's a nice looking skybox. It's like, well, we were playing TF last night when someone basically said about one of the sort of sunset levels, damn, that's a nice skybox. And it's like, they haven't played Rage. Oh, one thing I, just, purple. I did <laughs> yeah. want to say about the Skyrim is that the, the Aurora look really cool in screenshots, but they're a bit sort of static. Well, in real life, they're a bit static. In real life, you don't, they don't wibble. They move really slowly. It's only yeah. sped up footage that makes them do that. Yeah, but I don't know. They do, would move. Oh yeah, maybe, right. Anyway. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that the technology has merit in that the install is massive because of it. There's so much texture. It's it's you don't really come across repetition like ever. Which is, the, the only times you see it are sort of perhaps on decals in people's houses where they'd like they put up like um, registration plates on cars for some reason. Some of them like hang them up on the wall and stuff. And sometimes those repeat. <laughs> they all have the same registration. And it's like the, 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 tex- the textures of like physical objects in the world kind of you know naturally are all kind of the same. Like barrels all look the same. Yeah. It's like, but the, in terms of the landscaping mm-hmm. and and um, uh, what you call it, buildings and stuff. Yeah. It's phenomenal because there's like no, there is no repetition, right? Like or never noticeably. It's mega, yeah. It's great because I cannot stress actually just how much of a difference that makes to sort of like believing the world. Games, right? I mean, used to everything, every building having the same. Yeah, I mean, you know, Battlefield may look great, but certain textures from certain grass textures, certain dirt textures from afar are obviously repeating. Yeah, and it's like they'll have like a. (laughs) <laughs> when you get certain far away from them, they'll mitmap into something that is very patterned. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, you don't get that in this. It just looks wonderful. The downside is, and this is a rather large downside, is that the texture detail up close mm. doesn't really stand up to much. Mm. It's like don't there are a lot of textures and there's a lot of variation, but up close they don't work. Yeah, they are quite blurry. Mm. Um, they added a patch recently that um, allows your graphics card to flex its muscles somewhat, or your CPU, I don't know which one it does, but it complained about me not having enough CPU cores with a fucking i7 um, <laughs> when I tried to turn this option on. Wow. It might be expecting hyper-threading or something. Well, that's on by default, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. not on mine. Uh, <laughs> I turn it off. Oh, fair I enough. I get rid of that shit. I might turn it back on and see what happens. I'll keep mine. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and, and the idea is that it runs a software pass on it to try and take the texture detail and do edge detection to try and smooth out where things are. So it's basically doing a software pass to make the textures look more detailed. And that actually does work as well, but not enough. Like, you walk up to war and go, that's worse than Black Ops. <laughs> you know, that kind of that kind of level of um, awfulness. It's, but from afar, it's the effect is phenomenal. But up close, doesn't work. Mm. So... <laughs> if they were to like quadruple the install size to like 40 gigs then they might solve the problem <laughs> if they had a blu-ray maybe <laughs> then they could probably fit enough texture detail on to make it work um yeah that makes sense but yeah so I, it, yeah I think it has merit and it needs work I'm not going to talk about the game because I'm, I'm only like two, two hours in okay um John so Goodman in it yeah uh 
Does he play a character near the start of Green Glasses? He plays the main one of the main guys, doesn't he? John Goodman? I don't know. Anyway. That, yeah, I think I know who you mean. Anyway. The, the voice did sound familiar and I couldn't place it, but now I can. John Goodman's awesome. He was pretty good in The Artist as well, even though he didn't say it. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least I think it's him. Oh, I'll find out. Anyway. But yeah, the guys I've met have been fairly well voice acted, actually. It's like, <laughs> there are some really bizarre things. Like, they have, like, gangs. Like, the mm. bandits form gangs, basically. Mm. But every... And they have, like, certain... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're, they're disparate gangs, but they often share, like, a common thing. Like, there's British, basically. <laughs> there's, there's British cockney thugs, is one thing. And then you get, like, mutants. And then you get the slightly more sort of traditional, just a bit mental, like bandit guys who like sharpening their blades <laughs> those kind of guys um, but everyone of a certain gang sounds the same so every member of the British sounds, sounds exactly like everyone else it's like where is he come out mate <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you right up <laughs> space British <laughs> it's kind of good because the voice acting is good it's just a bit it, it's a bit jarring when you realise they all sound the same like, given that they all look, some, a lot of them look quite different, so there'll be some British guys that have got, like, the, the Union Jack, just the classic shot from Rage, really. It was one of their, like, promo shots, wasn't it, where they had you were being lunged at by some dude wearing a, um, a Union Jack's worth of body paint. And it's a, uh, uh, so you see, like, there's, the, they, they, they actually vary, probably but... British, British, as in, I don't know. They're not just cockney voiced, but they actually relate to the country of Britain. Though, so. I don't know. It's yeah. like, apart from the Union Jack and the fact that they have that voice, there's no obvious okay, story enough. reason for why they're there. Not yet, <laughs> anyway. Not yet, no. And the only thing I saw of Rage when I came over, when I came over and Rob was playing it, he, the first thing he did was immediately jam his car in a doorway. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't get it out of like 15 get minutes. It, get it stuck. Because you can't melee cars out of the way like you can, because you're not like superhuman or something, so it doesn't allow you to beat the car back out of a doorway. <laughs> like, so I had to do the classic sort of Austin Powers, jiggle it out until I got it facing the right direction. Otherwise I would have had to spend all of my money on a tow truck to get it out of the doorway to the repair hut <laughs> where it was going to be towed to. Yeah. It's like, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> so I jiggled it out and then got it repaired for like pansy money. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, that was quite dumb. What is, what is more stupid though was the fact that, that that part of the game where you saw me was like the bandits have built a barricade so we can't get here. The barricade's like 10 feet away from the encampment. And then so, like 20 feet away from the next town. So the first thing I do is like, if, like normally you get in the car and go somewhere. So I get in the car, drive out around the corner, get immediately locked by a homing missile which fucks my car up. So I like, uh, uh, so I think I'd drive back but it's literally just around the corner. If anyone pokes their head around this corner they get a missile some lock on their face and it's like that's ridiculous <laughs> they could have stopped them building that barricade quite easily using the sniper rifle they just gave me <laughs> it's like there are some stupid things in terms of the world but classic oh and some of the sound is a bit crap as well mm. like, I, I showed you the sound on the ATV it's pretty awful <laughs> well that might just be because it's digital oh, wait were you playing with a controller uh, no, I'm using keyboard and mouse, but so yeah, it would have been digital controls. Yeah. It might, like, yeah, it might be better. But yeah, it has a sound effect that it, that it uses to, for acceleration, but it has a different engine noise for deceleration, so it's like... <laughs> but the difference between the two is so pronounced, and there almost seems to be a gap between when it's cutting between the two samples. 
So it feels really too heavy. And you can do the stupid thing where if you hold the button and release it, it goes... Burr, 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 burr. And it's just like... Buggy boy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it it's not right. Yeah, so the sound's a bit crap on that. So, Rage is done. Now, the, the next question is, is for the remaining, like, half an hour of this cast or something, do we need want to hang, hand over for Zach for half an hour, or do you want to let me do my one more thing? What is your one more thing? Fitness! Oh, right. Oh, we've got DJ here Well, you well. need to do more of that. You could do more fitness before you talk about it. Well, yeah. Okay, I'll leave that one for Adam. <laughs> DJ Hero. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> There's not much to say about that, really. No, it's, it's, exa- game. it's exactly what you expect, really. There's a couple of actions on the controller that don't work quite as you expect. You're playing Digi Hero 1? 2. 2. Um, the most annoying mechanic is the rewind thing. Rewind! Rewind! You have to oh, all the way around, yeah, you right? have to make it do a full rotation. Right. But <laughs> the bit I found confusing is the way you rotate it is actually with the music, not rather than, rather than against it. Right. Can, uh, can't you do either? Probably, but I found that it works better if I do it with it. Yeah. Um, sometimes getting it to detect that that's what I've done that seems a bit tricky. Right. Um, so you can easily mess up your combo. It's like, it's like it's a neat mechanic in theory because when you rewind, it goes back to a checkpoint, which are like marked on the hmm. track when you go past them. So it goes back to the last one you passed. Hmm. And then as long as you don't fuck up, your multiplier is doubled hmm. during the period of time that you're, you've wound, you've back. wound back to. Um, but it doesn't double cumulatively with your like star power. Or euphoria, as it's now called. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting mechanic for score doubling. It's just I wish the controls worked a little better for it. Um, and it gets hard. It's like I'm playing in medium, which isn't too bad. But I thought, so I thought, oh, I'll step it up to hard mode. Oh my god, it gets difficult. Mm. Not because what your hands are trying to do is particularly bad. Um, the scratching is quite difficult to get it. To, you know, just to learn how to do it right is mm. kind of tough. It's not like the guitar is easier to pick up, I think, than the scratch mechanics. Yeah. Um, but there's also sometimes where it's actually just reading the timeline is kind of trickier because you have to worry about doing the crossfade thing, making sure that it's actually a full move rather than a half move. Like, you know, I, I say half moves when you like return to center because return to center sometimes can, you, your brain sort of gets confused between a return to center and a flip all the way across. Mm. It's too easy to just sort of go whoop. Oh no! Go back over there, and then noting the taps and the scratches at the same time as doing that, it can be a bit mind overloady. It's like at the moment, anyway. I'm sure I'll learn to read it in the same way that you le- used to learn to read the DDR patterns with insane complexity. But it's uh, um, yeah, for now, it's it seems pretty tricky to pick up the hard difficulties, but we'll get there. But in general, presentation-wise, not nearly as hot as the. Uh, Guitar Hero series. I mean, really? I didn't go as far as to say it's not even as well made as Guitar Hero three. Okay. In terms of the menus are nice, like the main, the actual main, they've sort of gone to this stark white and black kind of mm. very contrasty look that sort of swirls around and there's a bit of blur and stuff. But character models in the clubs look bloody awful. Mm. <laughs> they really do look terrible. They've got the kind of atmosphere right, but just the the way it's done is just like faces look completely like. Goblin-esque and the really low detail models. It doesn't run at um, the frame rate of the background is kind of rock band speed rather than Guitar Hero's nice and slick look. Mm. So it just seems weird. It's like why? Why? Like this is the Hero series. Why have they gone for a shit look rather than something that they already got right in earlier games? Mm. 
So it's that's a bit odd. It doesn't. I know it's not important to the game matter, because it's but, the background, yeah. but it's still but, just weird. Yeah, visual presentation is important. It's almost more important with a DJ hero game than it is for a yeah, hero game because it gives you customization of your DJ and your to limited. I have to say, quite limited customization of your DJ because it's unlockable and stuff like that. It's not like full character creation like in Rock Band. It's um, yeah, limited sort of options and like pick your style. So you pick the enormous black guy. Um, with a puffer oh, jacket, naturally. And you can choose your headphones, so you pick some Dr. Dre beats. And you can even get some, change your decks, so you can choose whatever you want, vinyls or fancy-looking CDJs and stuff like that. But it's, uh, it doesn't matter when they all look like shit. It's... <laughs> true, true enough. Yeah. So, yeah, the gameplay is good. The mixes, the songs are great, actually. Has to be said, they're really quite interesting. Some, there's a couple of mixes that don't work. Like, they try and mix, uh, um, do you know Black and Gold was released oh, a few years yeah, ago? Yeah, don't like that song. Which is a crap song, but yeah. it's got that awkward sort of like, what yeah. I'd call a three beat, you know, sort of like one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six sort of stuff. And they try and mix it into something that's four, four. And it's like, that's a bit awkward. It doesn't quite work very well. It's one mm. of the David Getter mixes that I think he contributed to the game. It's a bit crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. David Getter fail. <laughs> His, his mega mix, because he has a proper mega, he has, occasionally you get these DJ special mega mixes that are like three of the tracks, but they actually mix into each other. Right. Properly. That sounds good. Um, which are, you know, they're, they're nice. They're well done. Um, and he does one of those, and his is one of the better ones that I've played so far. And, uh, and then it ends up this shitter <laughs> with black and gold. It's like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's it's neat. I will I will play some more. It's something I can drop in and out of, which is nice. Sweet. It's good to have that on the run. Yeah. Seeing as I'm running out of actual sort of long term console games at the moment. Yeah, it's, right. You're <laughs> never running out of games. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm running out of like length games of length on the console that I could play. Unless I go because I, I do want to go back and do Uncharted three again just to just to justify. You get my to the points. end of Final Fantasy thirteen. Uh, yes, I did. Oh. I, I finished that. Oh yeah. You're not so going to play 13 t- too? No. When it goes cheap. Okay. I, don't know. I can't, I don't, there's something about Final Fantasy that I can't justify buying. <laughs> I can lend you a... strange. Wait for someone else. If you're buy. really running yeah, exactly. out. exactly. It's a good gift game. Could lend you Assassin's Creed Brotherhood if you wish. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I probably should carry on with that. Yeah. And one of us should play game. Bayonetta. Yeah, yeah. Dan did, didn't he? Yeah, I did. Oh, did we he? talked about it on the podcast yeah. several times. Did we? <laughs> I didn't finish it, though. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's completely the same. I know, but we should yeah, finish you can it. borrow it if you want. Yeah, I probably should. <laughs> so it sounds, it looks, it's pretty cool. It's oh, insane. I'm getting the look. Is it because it's bayonetta? It's completely insane and mental. Boobs. Described her legs as filth. Well, her legs are like her main weapon. Her whole character is filth, but <laughs> like when she does a power attack, all her clothes gradually fall off. Then, because her clothes are made of her hair, right? And her, and her hair, hair is, is her magical. Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the more powerful attack, the less clothing she has. But she's awesome, though. She's like actually, she's not. I she's think a good she is quite empowered. Yeah. yeah, like the the there aren't any like the the women in that universe are by far the most powerful. Uh, <laughs> that may, only, like, that may only be the case, like the perception, because like practically the first guy you see is that. <laughs> no, but all of them, idiot. Idiot. Yeah. all of them are lame, though. Like there aren't any like powerful. Well, if they anyway. Most of them are just demons. <laughs> or yeah. angels or whatever. Yeah. Creepy things. Anyway. Baby heads. 
And of course, Bayonetta is very English. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, yeah. <laughs> but platinum get, well, Platinum don't seem to like embracing their Japanese-ness that much, do they? They make Japanese games, but then set them in very Yeah, but Western they're still culture. totally Japanese. I know. In it's every like, way. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, just like Bayonetta. Let's, let's make it English, but have, then have J-pop <laughs> and very Japanese-style fighting mechanics. It's the same with, like, Vanquish. It's like, <laughs> very... It's a very Japanese take on the third person so shooter, but we'll set it in a very Americanized America versus well, Russia, like, Russia sort of storyline. Yeah, they're a bit strange. They like a lot of Jap- uh, American culture stuff, but through a weird, twisted lens. Don't yeah, they? which is neat, but it's still a bit strange sometimes. It's Platinum's thing, I think, maybe that they do the sort of. Twist. It's like Ace Combat, for example. All the jets are mm. are F 16s and stuff because Japan don't have any. Yeah, like domestic ones. Well, it's not, Mad but, World is very American as well, isn't it? Actually, thinking about it, yeah. but with like Japanese comic book art style. <laughs> so they they just have F-15s attacking giant monster planes or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like what, <laughs> like American, <laughs> but with a weird Japanese twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's typical. So yes, yes, but oh, I, I think, think we I'm should done. move on. I think I'm done. Yes, Zachary Burgess. You got like twenty minutes. Go. The burger. What? What are you been playing? <laughs> Um, you haven't got long. So yeah, I know. <laughs> well, luckily, I haven't got that many things to say, I guess. Well, I probably could talk about them for a long time, in theory. <laughs> uh, first, we should probably say that we went back and tried playing more Jamestown again. Yeah! Because we're still. Did- we can't fucking do the last boss on Divine. And it's like, you need to be able to do it to unlock Judgment. And Judgment sounds hilarious just because of its name. Judgment. <laughs> you know, it's just going to be harder. Yeah, but it's like, how can they possibly make it harder? There's already so many bullets. It just times the bullets by two. <laughs> or make them move twice as fast. Well, that's what I was thinking, because I, uh, we would, we got stuck on one of the levels for a long time. The second level. <laughs> yeah, in Divine. And then I tried it at home by myself, and it was like, wow, I can do this quite easily. It's like, so what is different in two player? <laughs> I was trying to work it out. It's like, it doesn't seem like, it's like the patterns aren't different or anything. I think everything just moves slightly faster. Or something. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But that was kind of weird. But we still haven't done that. Last goddamn boss. It's like and we can get to the boss. Things are harder to kill in two player. Well, yeah, that is also... They do take more damage. It's like we can get to the boss with both credits intact sometimes. Mm. But we can't make it. That boss no. is way ridiculous. It's tough. <laughs> it's very tough. So that's Jamestown. Yeah. It's still awesome, though. <laughs> the people should make more old school shooters, damn it. They're, fucking, like hell. they're fucking amazing. It's retarded. It is, but it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't it's combat awesome. that. But yeah. somehow, Jamestown, I think, is the best modern example of it, actually, cool. to be honest. It's is like, it better than the character, you think, as a game? See, this is the thing. I think if a character was made with modern. Uh, for a modern console, because the problem with a character is, is that, and, and all cave yeah. shooters, is that they're made for vertical screen arcade yeah. things. And it's like, and while Jamestown is a vertical shooter, it has widescreen presentation. Yeah. So it works on most screens. Like, you know, a character on Xplar, don't get me wrong, it's great, but unless you can turn your your screen into vertical orientation, you're probably missing a lot of the detail. And the GameCube version had the same problem. Mm. And it's like, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic game, but I think that it's not really that playable in, in the home. 
I've got one at work. I've got one of those Dell, a couple of those Dell monitors that are full HD, but mm. it will twist. So I might, I, that might be interesting to try a bullet hell shooter. So <laughs> yeah, the screen completely twisted. So over. Yeah, my, my little one will. T- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told. Uh, I think I may have mentioned this ages ago on the cast, but my little monitor is the one that twists, mm. but its own stand gets in the way, <laughs> so it will twist the portrait view. But I have to have it tilted back at like a ridiculous oh, angle. This is shit design. <laughs> I'm starting to think the best option for... Because I currently have two full HD monitors that work widescreen next to each other. Mm. But I have one as my main monitor and the other one as the one to the side. Mm. But you need quite, you need to twist your head quite a long way to see the very, the, the things that are on the right hand edge of that one. <laughs> so, and the way I've got it at work is I have a widescreen monitor and I have two four to threes either side. And that's quite oh, right, nice. Okay, yeah. So I'm trying to think what is the actual optimal. And I'm starting to think what might be quite cool is to have a widescreen, uh, normal orientation in the middle and then two Vertical, vertical ones. ones either side that were aligned to the tops of them were at the top of the widescreen one but you had extra below hmm. so then you you got your say you're playing a game or whatever you're doing or you're visual studioing on the main one and then you have websites on the side ones but they, you have loads of scroll space so you don't have to because more of the website is showing yeah you know what that's probably a good layer and with yeah. two of those you'd be like whoa <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be kind of cool yeah so that's a potential awesome future <laughs> anyway Anyway, as you were. Yeah. Carry on. That was Dave Town. Dave Town. Woo! There's make, not really much more to say now. Make more shooters for Steam. God damn it. Or just make an expansion pack for that. Yeah. A real expansion pack, not just some ships. <laughs> cheap. Cheap, cheap. I'm a bird. <laughs> cheap, motherfucker. Cheap, cheap, motherfucker. That was the one. What was that from? <laughs> that was <laughs> <laughs> this was this time when we did an experiment with open canvas, wasn't it? That we yeah. could. Uh, oh yeah. Which was, a, if, if you're not aware, was a, like a, a collaborative drawing tool. Right? Yeah, so everyone, everyone, everyone could like have access to this one canvas and draw it at the same time. So me and Zach used to do this thing where we'd move the canvas so we could only see one half of it, mark out some joining areas, and then draw, oh, yeah. and then purposefully draw a character saying, "Right, the head needs to go here," and, and then of course our two drawing styles would clash. And it would look quite funny and of course that meant that then the rest of the picture was for us to just do interpretive additions to the, to the world and so Zach for some reason on one of them drew a, I think it was with the Sonic one wasn't was it? That, he, drew, it, he drew it, a flicky saying freaking cheap motherfucker no it was like it was like the bird escaping from a destroyed robot yeah and it was pissed off obviously because it had just been inside a robot <laughs> freaking cheap <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> there's an Eggman in his classic Eggomatic shit, which just looked like it was taking a dump. Right? <laughs> so he's all just Jerry Bomb. <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck that was about. <laughs> Jerry Bomb. Yeah, quite sure what was going on. <laughs> looked like a Segway or something. Yeah. The <laughs> it did. Yeah, looked like a bloke on a Segway. Yeah, that was done. Anyway, um, what else did I play? I played some more Minecraft. Because I was playing that stupid skyblock level where you just start, start on a floating island in the middle of nowhere, and you just have to like the challenge is like to build various things, get certain reasons because it, it it limits what resources you can get because obviously you can't you, there's no ore or that sort of stuff. But it's like it, you just have to try and get all the all the things that you can get, and it like gives you a chest of a few things in. So the first thing you have to do is like build an infinite cobblestone generator so you can actually have a space to do things on that sort of thing can it detect when you've completed a task no or you just have to know that you've done it yeah just take it off alright make various weird buildings floating in the middle of nowhere and try not to fall off (laughs) classic version yeah (laughs) I didn't fall off 
I was okay. It was fine. Although it still still kind of freaks me out when you're hanging over the edge. Like, as soon as you hold down shift and, like, it's like, you have to hang over the edge in order to see the side of the block so you can place another block next to it, obviously, to extend the floating platform. Because, you know, it places it on the side that you're looking at. So you have to hang over the edge above a giant infinite void. Hmm. It's like, holy shit, vertigo or whatever. Even though it's just like, it's just blue. <laughs> There's nothing there to look at to signify any kind of distance. It's still kind of weird. Not like layers of cloud and stuff. No. <laughs> so yeah, that was Minecraft, I guess. I didn't really do, do much more on that. I haven't actually still played any further in proper Minecraft yeah. to try and get to the end or whatever. Have you still not got to the end and killed the dragon? No. Can't be asked. It's too much effort. It's a waste of time anyway. What's the point? It's not the point of Minecraft. No. Although they... Oh, there was the worst interview in the Eurogame I read yesterday where the guy who made Fortress Car Craft yeah. was trying to defend himself against <laughs> it being called a clone. Right. Yeah, like, it's obviously a clone. But the things he was saying... The things he was saying were so brazen and, like, so ridiculous. He was like, yeah, the point of Minecraft is, like, is, like to, to, like... Mine out the ore and stuff, and get the stuff so you can get to the end and kill the dragon. That's the point in Minecraft. Mine is like a creative tool where you can like make your house. It's like, no, like, what are you talking about? You they, idiot. they only added that stuff like, like two days after, ago, like after you released yours. You <laughs> and like Minecraft's creative mode is that. It's yeah. like, that, that is half the game to some people. I don't know what the hell his problem was. And then it was like, no, you can't call me ripping off um, Minecraft because Minecraft, like, ripped off Infinity Miner and nobody cares about that. Well, it did, but yeah. <laughs> that's true. But... Yeah. But, yeah. By Zaptronic Industries, who went on to make Space Gear. Yeah. yeah. Really. Somewhat. Sort of. It was like Dwarf Fortress, which I'm about to talk about. It was also pretty much inspired by various other things along the same lines, although some of those were his own games, I guess. So I guess Zaktronic aren't particularly pissed for some reason. Well, no. he, he did say at one point where it's like, oh man, Minecraft made so much money, that's kind of, kind of annoying, but whatever. He doesn't, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't mind that much. <laughs> oh, fuck it. That would be quite annoying. <laughs> I'm thinking it's not that I think wasn't the most fully featured product. I think they released. Well, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was sort of like Minecraft Creative Mode, only even possible. Where like you can pick up blocks and you can put down blocks. And That's they, about it. They started <laughs> supporting it after a month or something. Apparently, after it was released. Well, it's just you know, it's just basically a tech demo. Yeah, it's it just a tech demo thing. But it did look a bit like Minecraft, obviously. <laughs> blocks. Squares. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So then, Dwarf Fortress is what I've also been playing because the new version finally update. fucking came out. Woo! Been so like a year. I can't really woo that. <laughs> How do you not woo that? It's fucking Dwarf Fortress. It's freaking ridiculous and awesome. It's funny, but I I still can't ruin it. I can't woo it. Can't ruin it. Well, I, can, I can ruin it. No, no, I can't woo it. He, he won't woo it. He won't try and get it into bed. No, definitely not. All that ASCII art's gonna that's gonna be sharp. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, I've been trying to play adventure mode because I've never. Freaking played that. Well, I have tried playing Adventure Mode before. That's the thing they've mostly updated. Yeah, but now it's actually a thing you can play. <laughs> it's like now it's actually a mode that makes sense and has like goals. It's sort of like Minecraft, I guess. They had made it actually a sort of capable system of doing things apart from certain things are still dumb and broken and will be patched. You were playing it just now, and it was reminding me of, reminding me of Skyrim, mostly. <laughs> it was like going to a random cave, which the marker tells you to go to, yeah, kill, a, kill dude. a dude, nick a load of stuff. Yeah, it's like Skyrim, but without the graphics. <laughs> like, it's got goals and shit. <laughs> Quests that tell you to go to specific places and yeah. kill specific things, and you can find loot, which is actual loot in the world. 
So yeah, you, when I say it's like Skyrim. I mean, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Well, yeah, right, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been playing the adventure, and it, it, it's quite—it's more playable now. Especially, well, the main thing about it that, that, that makes it a lot better is targeted attacks. Because yeah. before you just, when you hit attack on an enemy, it just does a generic attack on a random body part. Which, because, because Dwarf Fortress is that ridiculously realistic, it does mean that, like, a creature with ten fingers and ten toes, that's twenty targets, and they're all weighted equally. <laughs> so it's not very likely you're actually going to hit an important body part, you're just as likely to hit a finger. <laughs> Which is not very helpful, but now with target attacks, you can just go like attack the head, attack the head, attack the head. <laughs> but you can still choose to attack a, a, the ring finger on the left hand. Yeah, <laughs> if you wish. Yeah, if you want to. Or the eyelids. That... <laughs> 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 Fuck your eyelids. So I was about to say, does the targeted system actually reduce the complexity in a way? Like, because the the because the more bizarre stuff doesn't happen, or does it have a concept of like if you slightly whiff the shot or something that it like you or you you miss the head, but you catch his ear? <laughs> well, one time. I, well, maybe, but there, there was one time where I did sort of the inverse of that. Seems to be some swelling around the left eye. <laughs> there was one time where I did sort of the inverse of that, where you get, like, it rates the different attacks by how difficult they are, and how squarely the shot lands, so you do, do more damage on more square shots. Mm. And then there's another thing where it's just like, randomly, certain attacks will be easy. It's just like, a certain amount of randomness to like, the stance and stuff. Right. And it does actually track, like, which direction you're facing and stuff now. So it's like, you do attack people from behind, and like, which direction you're swinging is <laughs> tracked as well. Which is, that does make it kind of difficult, because you can't tell. It's an icon. <laughs> you have to pay attention to the text to tell you which side you're standing on or whatever. But yeah. you get these random attacks where it just they you get a, basically a free hit almost on a certain body part, and most of the time those appear on like a scratch or a punch or a bite, and it's like I don't want to do that. I want to stab them. That's much more effective. I think but, the fights kind of remind me of uh, the football matches in Championship Manager. It's all text, <laughs> but you kind of know, yeah, like, very complex things can happen. Yeah, but then it's like this one time I had a free attack on like it was targeting someone's teeth. <laughs> it was like, and, and it was a sword attack, like it was a stab. And so I was like, well, I can totally get a free hit on this guy's teeth, but then I just hit him in the head. <laughs> I hit the teeth, I hit him in the head, and he died anyway. So it's like, oh, I guess that's the same as attacking the head. Convenient. Because <laughs> mm. I guess I could target my shot quite precisely enough to just hit his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently there was a bug, which I think has been patched today, where animals with a lot with a lot of teeth because the teeth are, are, are only count as group uh, grouped together basically so you can't really target individual teeth you it's like target the front teeth or target the back teeth but <laughs> creatures with a lot of teeth if you severed the front teeth you basically just got a teeth explosion because all the individual <laughs> teeth just go out of his mouth <laughs> which is really funny that's a classic more fortress <laughs> bit of game design that is oh god <laughs> Tooth explosions. <laughs> so yeah, that's still ridiculous. Wandering around in adventure mode, standing things, and it's a bit dumb because for the first few times I tried to play it, I just got murdered repeatedly because you don't start with armor, which is a big problem. Oh. You start with some relatively good skills because you get to pick what skills you can put in, but you don't have any armor, so you can't, you can't really take hits. 
and a lot of the enemies seem to be quite powerful. And I was like, how the fuck do you get anywhere in this? Because it's like, do I just have to go out into the wild and just like stab pigs or something until my skill goes up? Yeah. <laughs> Pick up meat and then sell it for cash and yeah. then buy armor or something. But then I discovered that there's, you get one of the other things they, one of the other big parts of this update was they introduced the idea of having were animals where it's like, oh, right. were wolves or other creatures. Were bees. Were hamsters. Yeah. <laughs> but so you get them, and uh, I realised that if you go, if you go out, go and find the layers of these night beasts during the day, they aren't transformed, and they're just a guy, and they don't, they don't have any armor, <laughs> so they're quite easy to kill. And it's like, oh, free experience and stuff, great. Well, if they're a hamster, they're just a hamster. No, they're just a dude. What? Where hamster? They turn oh, I see. They turn into a massive hamster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I see. That's that's bizarre. But yeah, they're just dudes during the day, though. They are, like, unusually agile dudes who can take quite a lot of damage, considering they don't have any armor, but they're not they're not going to do much to you. <laughs> Unless they bite you, of course, then you might be fucked. <laughs> or you might turn into a wham. <laughs> yeah, but that can happen. You can contract that disease, and then you can be a wehamster. A whamster. Can you control when you turn into a hamster? I think so. But everyone else just attacks you, which oh, probably right. makes it quite difficult to survive. <laughs> And giant, like all the standard Dwarf Fortress ridiculous creatures where they put in yet more ridiculous creatures and all of them have like giant versions and wear versions for a lot of things and zombie versions and zombies are now properly, proper, like becoming a zombie is properly tracked. So like even individual body parts can come back as zombies. And, like, oh, oh no, my arm's been cut off and now it's a zombie arm and now it's strangling me. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's one crazy game, but we should remind people that it's ASCII art and, central. And the control, and the interface hasn't got any easier. No. It's like when you're doing the targeted attacks in Adventure Lane, you're like, you press shift A to do, to do a targeted attack, then it gives you a list of everything that's in range, which is normally only like three or four things, obviously, and then you just hit like A, B, or C to get one of those. And then it brings up the giant fucking list of everything you can target. Yeah. Which is split into like three or four pages, and there's like, 20, well not quite, like 15 of these things per page, you scroll through them and then it's like, A to O <laughs> press one of these keys to target one of these individual body parts, yes. and then you get what type of attack you want to do, like a stab or a slash, or a slap, or a punch, or a kick, and those are all on a button then so, you eventually do an attack <laughs> Does it save the state of your whole game, or do you have to play a whole game? Can no, you can save you can save the adventurers just like you can with the fortresses. Right. It just saves saves it into the world file. And of course, if your adventurer dies, you can use that world again and go on a quest to find your other adventurer with another adventurer. Oh, I see. Or go on an adventure to your old fort if you had a destroyed fort, and then you can go to adventure and go see it. Huh. <laughs> the world persists. That's There's quite that. int- that's quite cool, actually. That's the whole point of that legend screen, basically, mm. where it records all the historical information. Mm. That actually counts for fortress mode and adventure mode as well. I've said this before, but this game would be so actually really, really very awesome if it had graphics. <laughs> it doesn't need graphics though. I don't know. It, need, gonna, what, it needs gonna, a tile set. I'm not going to play it. It needs, a, it needs an interface upgrade. Yeah. It needs slightly less ridiculous buttons that you have to remember which button does what. Even if it was fairly simplistic, I mean, you could talk like roller coaster tycoon style. Graphics, yeah. well, then, then it would be just so it's accessible well, they did to do the masses. That. They did do that. That um, tile set. Well, not no. They did that external program where it could read the memory and it created an isometric view, but oh, that right. couldn't do it in real time. Oh right! It was like that was quite nice. For Maybe somebody will do it. it. Mm. 
Imagine if they took the concept, you know, if a publisher took interest in Dwarf Fortress. He won't sell it. That's the That's what he's always said. It's ultra indie. I don't know how he makes money. Oh, donations. Yeah. He still makes money. I wonder how much he got that he's going to get this month now that the release is actually. It's a very strange Because it was getting down to like only $3,000 a month or something. He's literally like a genius, isn't he? That guy. He's like super clever or something, but he just sits at home and drinks Mountain Dew and progress Dwarf Fortress. Hot pockets? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you don't. I mean, you eat drop hot pockets. You, you, don't, do. you don't drink them. Yeah, up, but... <laughs> that, that's what sustains him. I'm sure. Sort of very strange because there's that huge interview with him in the New York Times, isn't there? Yeah, a big article, and it was. He sounded very strange, but cool game, sort of. <laughs> I'll probably never play it. No, maybe. Yeah, you'd like it for auto hockey. <laughs> <laughs> auto hockey, everything. If I get to auto hockey stuff, I'm there basically. <laughs> is that it? I don't, I don't know. Is yeah. that some kind of sign if you end up finding yourself doing that? <laughs> the sign is like, I need to do something else. Apparently, it's time. Apparently, that is it because we haven't got any time. Well, I just use about two minutes. I use auto hockey to like do some macros that I use for programming, but but Paul just uses Vim because he's like a bastard. <laughs> he's like the fastest typist I've ever seen, isn't he? <laughs> It's like, and he comes to my PC, he's like, he starts trying to regex to a point in the code using the Vim thing. He's like, oh no, what? And he just starts typing into it. It's like, damn, this is a Vim. This <laughs> is <laughs> <Just> retarded. <coughs> I still can't help but think that like, they're sort of like, I don't know, to me, like that level of text editing craniness is just a step too hardcore for me. Vim is insane. It's like... Craziness. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. Oh, wait, maybe. It's a text editor. It's, there's, yeah. the, there's the two. There's like the war between Vim and Emacs among programmers. Yeah. But like Vim, like by default, none of the uh, none of the letter keys actually type. Yeah. You have to go into a mode to type because they're all involved with moving the cursor. So you can very efficiently move to very specific points in your text file. And then you press the I'm going into edit mode and then you type and then you go back into the movement mode. I still yes. think, you, I still think if you need to do that, use the mouse. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 they're like no mice ever. <laughs> You'll never use a mouse. I know it's not as quick, but you know, it makes the day go by. It's a waste time. It's a waste time. You want to lower your efficiency, use a mouse. <laughs> Fair dues. Yeah. Don't, ever put me on the market. don't ever put me on the marketing team from Razor or something. It's like, use a mouse, make time go by. <laughs> I can respect that. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, up. thanks for joining us for this uh, Sidecast episode 51. Is that 51. I missed the big 5 but never mind. No, we'll do the 64th 50... extravaganza. Exactly. So thanks. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>